Hey y'all, what's going on? Y'all know who this is. Y'all know who we are. But this is off the sticks. My name is Killer. Y'all go ahead and do y'all thing because we about to get into this one today. Yo, it's Corey. Y'all already know who it is. Let's get it. All right. So we were talking a little bit beforehand, but we're going to table that discussion. All right. So let's kind of get things going. We're talking what everyone else was talking about basically all day today. Dude, Philly finally caught that L that I honestly believe they should have already caught two of. So I'm extremely happy about that. So now people can stop looking at them like they were like they were actually that damn good. When I go back and look at the teams they beat, I'm like, eh. Minnesota's the only good team that was 100% healthy when they played them that they beat. And Washington is – no, Washington's a street killer, bro. So I'm not sure if y'all remember this, but a few years ago, once it was 2020, the Pittsburgh Steelers went into a game against the Washington I believe they were the football team in that year. And we played them. We were 11-0. And we lost to them. Then we proceeded to lose like four of our next six games. And and that includes a loss to the um, Cleveland Browns that I needed to go to therapy for. They messed around and did the same thing. I don't know whether they got beef with the state of Pennsylvania or if they just really that good at breaking streaks. Because they just did the same thing to the Eagles. 8-0, riding high, everyone feeling them, and they shut them down. A.J. Brown had one catch. Goddard out. He's going to miss extended time. And then they run the gauntlet. I think Philly has to run a gauntlet. I think they play like three division games in the next four weeks. So it's a good chance that by the time we have the same conversation in my eyes and about the next four shows, we could be seeing maybe maybe the Giants leading the division, maybe the Cowboys leading the division. It's a good chance that it actually pops up because I don't see Philly being able to come back. Now he's also a second leading receiver. Miles Sanders has been extremely inconsistent. I'm not sure if they can hop all the way back on, or maybe does Washington just know how to beat them? I don't know. I don't know really. I'm not 100% sold on it, but tell me what you guys thought about that game and the performance of Tyler Heineke, who I thought balled out. Um, Tell me what y'all was thinking about it all. Corey, you you got it. Well, so division games are always tough regardless. Like and like especially when we, you know, like the NFC East in particular, it doesn't matter how great a team is record wise and how bad a team is record wise. Like we always play each other tough regardless. Um, so because of that, I'm not shocked that Washington won that game because you no know, we pretty much knew if Philly was they weren't going to like run the table. They weren't going to go undefeated. Like somebody was going to beat them. And what's interesting about that game was Washington was the first team that forced Philly's offense to turn the ball over a bunch of times. I think that's the, I think that's the first time Philly has turned the ball over at that rate this season, I believe. Um, 
And Washington, they they played well. And like talking about, you know, our pre-production meeting, like it's something about this team with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Like if y'all remember the year the the Bucks won the Super Bowl, uh, that 2020, mm-hmm. 2021 season, Washington played them tough for like mm-hmm. the first three, three and a half quarters. Like it was a nip and tuck game with Taylor Heineke. Then the Bucks eventually they, they blew it open. But like this team, they played different. Um, with Heineke at quarterback and like that's the move I don't know if Heineke is quote-unquote the franchise quarterback for the Washington Commanders but short term that's your guy like you don't go back to Wentz like it's for whatever reason this team plays better with Taylor Heineke at quarterback so uh, but Philly you know like I said overall I'm not surprised Washington beat them like I think they did a good job forcing turnovers um, and Philly, they just made some um, some boneheaded mistakes. You know, of course, that the last play, Brandon Graham, you know, pretty much cost you the game right there. Like that's just you just got to control yourself. But like, um, I think it shows where I think it exposed that Philly is not the juggernaut that some people were were claiming and saying they would be because they were undefeated. Like there's there's some holes in that Philly in that Philly team and. Um, Washington, I thought they were coached very, very well. I think they were on their P's and Q's. And I think, you know, uh, and, you know, Killa, as you said, like, they're leading receivers down. Dallas Goddard's missing some time. So there's going to be some questions. And, and, like, it doesn't get easy for Philly. Like, they got to come to Dallas in a few weeks. Like, that game is not going to play out the same way it played earlier this season at Philly. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how Philly bounces back from, from this loss. Hey, it might be, shoot, it might be the best thing for them because now they ain't got to worry about going undefeated and having that pressure. Who knows? Maybe they, they'll come out the better for it, but like injuries and things like that, you know, um, it's, I'm real curious to see how they bounce back from this L. You know, you, you saying that I'm looking at the remainder of the schedule and the teams they have to play are all fighting for postseason lives right now outside of Chicago. I think Chicago is going to be terrible the rest of the way down, but we'll talk about that as well. Um, we got the Colts, who are fighting for the playoff lives, still able to get in their division. The Packers, who are, I think, two games out of um, the last wild card slot. Um, the Titans, who are, you know, still trying to make sure they keep a hold on their own division. And then you have the Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, who are going to be eliminated by then, and then the Giants again. So you're playing teams who are either buying for a spot in the postseason or trying to just get there or – a team that's looking to knock you back so that way they can get that break. Because right now we clearly know going from here to the end of the season, the number one seed is going to come out of the NFC East. It's just who gets it at this point. That's how, that's how I'm seeing it right now. And if I'm looking at who has the easiest remaining schedule, I believe that belongs to the New York Giants. So it looks a little bit easier on there to, to say the Giants can actually pull this off, which if they do this, that negates me and Mike's entire bet. Uh, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I can't take no more. I can't take no more. listening to this shit. Who cares? Who cares? Who got the Who got the easiest schedule? The reason why I say who cares is because it is fucking hard to win in the NFL. The NFL is not about what is, is the NFL is not a, is not necessarily about what teams are good or what teams are bad. The NFL is about matchups. The fact of the matter is the the Washington the Washington Commanders were able to 
run the ball on Philadelphia, which that is their bread and butter. Defensively, they stop you from running the ball. That is their bread and butter. Um, because they can stop you from running the ball, it forces you to pass, uh, which is which you, is why you have guys like uh, the the NFL interception leader plays for Philadelphia. Darius Slay? No, that's not Darius Slay. It's the it's the corner opposite of Darius Slay that, that's leading the league in interceptions. Um, but but their 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 thing is stop the runs to to force you to pass, and they got the cornerbacks. Uh, to, they got enough. They got good enough corners to uh to cover. The reason why the watch why the Washington Commanders were able to run the ball on the Philadelphia Eagles is because of one reason and one reason alone. Um, Jordan Davis was out. He did not play. That interior was vulnerable because he was not there. And so you had guys like Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. They were able to, to they were able to run through the trenches because there was no Jordan Davis. If Jordan Davis is there, we're probably talking about a different outcome. Um as far as far as Taylor Heineke is concerned, um he is a he is a very good, he is a very good backup quarterback. He he's a very good uh, backup quarterback fringe starter. He's he's along the same lines as uh, Fitzpatrick. So so or or, uh, or um, let me let me think of another one. Um, who's who's a guy that's a journeyman? Bridgewater. He's like a Teddy Bridgewater. He ain't going he ain't going to win you a whole ton of games, but he going to win you some, and he going to lose you some. He's not necessarily going to be the most consistent. But compared to what Washington got now, he looks fucking incredible because the alternative is Carson Wentz, and we know how badly he played. So that's mm-hmm. why Heineke is getting all of this credit and praise. But I'm not about to sit here and act like Heineke is uh, is is a is a borderline is a borderline uh, Pro Bowl quarterback and no shit like that. Killer, before the before the recording started, you said that Carson Wentz or uh, you said that Heineke opens up the Redskins. Uh, oh, I said Redskins opens up the Commanders uh, more. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. They played the, the the receivers, the O-line, the running backs. They played the exact same way as they played with Carson Wentz. The difference is Heineke throws, throws the ball better. Heineke is more accurate with the ball than Carson Wentz. Heineke is more cautious with the ball than Carson Wentz. They didn't do nothing different. They did nothing different. Nothing at all. And so I'm not and so I'm not about to uh it's not it's not like a Dak Prescott Cooper Rush thing and how and how Kellen Moore typically calls the games different depending on which quarterback is in there. No. Scott Turner called the game the exact same game that he would have called with Carson Wentz in there. The difference is Carson Wentz can't put the ball on the money. Heineke can. Heineke has a beautiful deep ball. He has mm-hmm. a be- he Heineke has a beautiful deep ball. So so one of the best deep ball receivers to go and get it too. Uh, I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry McLaurin is Terry McLaurin is top ten, top ten receiver. Mm-hmm. Um that, that's that's without question. So so Washington, Washington got some nice pieces, stuff like that. Ain't nobody scared of them. Killer, you use the word dangerous to describe them. They ain't dangerous if you're talking about anything playoff related in Washington. What they are is what I said they was before the season started, which is the team. They ain't that good, but it's a team that you don't want to play. It's like it's like it's like they not that good, but they will fuck up your shit. That that is what Washington is. That that that's just the fact of the matter. 
but I, but they're not they're not kill a kill a court. Come on now, they are not going to the playoffs. You're not going to have four teams in the playoffs. It's not. It, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility either, because let's be honest. What's well, not out of the realm of possibility that they can actually do it? Four just teams are not this, going this, to the playoffs. Keep this in, the same in mind. Keep, this, keep how close this is. If San Francisco loses and Washington wins. You have four. Listen, that's how listen, close that is. Listen, and, I, listen, and I'm not I'm not killer, saying that San Francisco yeah, somehow yeah, is going to implode, but I'm just killer, saying yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility. There's yes, it is. Of, out of, yes, it is out of the realm of possibility. When you talk about when you, look the four, the four um or the three top playoff spots in each conference goes to the division winners. Correct? Or is it top four, four slots? Four. Top four slots. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, top four slots goes to uh, goes to the division winners, right? Mm-hmm. How many teams can make the playoffs? Seven. Total, Seven. Right? Mm-hmm. Four of those teams are going to be division winners. So you pencil in. So you pencil in the Eagles. Yes, I'm penciling in the Eagles. Um, pencil in the Eagles. Pencil in for for the sake of argument. Pencil in all of the vi- the division leaders right now. That's four teams locked. Do you mm-hmm. think the Gi- do you think the Giants going to make the playoffs? Yeah, at this point all they got to do is win two more games. Okay, so you say the Giants are going to make the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that means that's playoff team number 5. You think mm-hmm. the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs? Yes, I do. You think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs team the playoffs? That's six teams. Now, mm-hmm. you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me, let's go let, let's look at all the divisions. Get bear with me real quick. Um NFL mm-hmm. standings. Don't say shit. I won't. So you mean to tell me that you don't think the Bucks making the playoffs before Washington? They're a division leader. Oh, they are a division leader. You're absolutely right. San Fran, you don't think San Fran gonna make the playoffs? I think San Fran. I think San Fran is going to make the playoffs. There's seven. All I said was, yeah. All I said was it's not out of the realm of possibility. I heard, what you, I heard what you said. Possible. Because it, guess who climbs up right there at number eight? Probably Washington. They're exactly. Washington. They're right there. Right. Do you, okay, do you, you think them winning with Heineke is going to last? I think they stand a better chance of winning with Heineke than they do with Wentz. It's seven, it's seven more games. You wanna, do you want to bet money that they finish below 500? You already owe me twenty dollars. <laughs> Season ain't over yet, Mike. You already owe me twenty dollars. All right, so let me take a look at the remainder of the schedule. They got the Texans. That's a dub. They can beat the Falcons. I think you they're going to split. What, what, what's a dub? They're going to beat the Texans. Washington's going to beat Houston. You want to put? You want to bet money on that? You already owe me I, twenty. Yes. You wanna, you wanna I, break I feel even? comfortable with that. Yes. Okay. I feel very comfortable with that one. Okay. All right, so that's the Texans. I think they're going to splitting with New York. The Falcons is the coin toss. Then they have a game against the Niners. Then they have the Browns, who might be out of it by then. And then the Cowboys. There's a strong chance that they could win three to possibly four more games and be nine and eight, which I think that team who slides in at number seven is probably going to be right there. If San Fran is number seven, they are finishing higher than nine and eight. I can promise you that. San Fran is is much better than five and four. Let's be let's be real. Oh, I'm not denying that they're not that they're better than their record states. 
But let's I, also keep I this think, in mind. This is who they I, have left to play. Kella, okay? what, what you're what I'm you're doing? Saying. What you're doing is and, and look. It's mm-hmm. it's some commanders fans that's that's uh, listening. I know there are. Mm-hmm. I'm not shitting on your team. Y'all have uh, y'all have some really good pieces. I would keep Heineke for another year as a starting quarterback, even though y'all signed Carson Wentz to a long term deal already. I would keep Heineke. I would keep Heineke as the starting quarterback, and I would draft an offensive lineman in the first round. I don't care what pick you have. I don't care what the number is. If I was Washington, I would draft an offensive lineman because they lost, obviously, Trent Williams being gone. They lost Brandon Sheriff last year. Mm -hmm. I would draft an offensive lineman to help Taylor Heineke out. Um, so it so y'all got some pieces. I'm not shitting on y'all team when I say that. And you're going to need to draft a but, guard. But, you need someone in front of Jordan Davis. Listen, That's going to be the most important listen, offensive killer, line position killer, in all the killer, for a while. Killer. 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 Hmm? Let me get this out because this is about you. This is about you. Oh, I feel important I, I, now. This is about you. I, I, I just want the Commanders fans to know I am not shitting on their team. Killer, what you are doing is you are being a prisoner of the moment. They beat an Eagles team that was undefeated. And while it was a while it was a great victory for those guys, and quite frankly, it was a great victory for the rest of my division. So why why while it was great for um for Washington and the other and the other two teams not named the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. um what I'm not about to do is sit here and act like they are a good team. They are they are at best a 500 team. At best, I I am not going to sit here and pretend that there's something that there's something more than what they're than what they are. They are they they are nothing more than a 500 team right now. Now next year might be a different story because you know they still going to have they got Scary Terry on that deal. They're probably going to bring Heineke back. They got Wentz obviously on that long term deal. They st- I think they might still keep Gibson. They got Brian Robinson who's still a rookie. So they got pieces. They got that cornerback Saint Juice who is turning who was who's showing it like he could be a real good cornerback in the league. So like they got some players. They got some pieces. They could be a better than 500 team next year, but as it stands right now, they are a 500 team. And I'm not about to be a prisoner of the moment and be like, oh my God, now that now they beat Philadelphia, they can uh, make the fucking playoffs because this is the same Washington team that will sit here. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles, but then uh, they will lose to uh, uh, they will lose to the motherfucking Falcons. This is that same Washington team. Like let's keep let's keep it a whole buck. So I'm not okay. trying to hear I'm not trying to hear about what's possible or none of that shit killer. You know Washington ain't making the playoffs. If Washington it's not out of the realm of possibility. If, if, if Washington do, if Washington do make the playoffs, it's because the Cowboys or the Giants fold, uh, folded. I think it could be San Francisco. And here's why. San Francisco's not going to fold, man. Here's, I, I'm saying I'm not saying they San are, but I'm saying San I'm Francisco saying the might, chance the, San, the chance is still there. San Francisco might go to the Super Bowl, dog. What are you talking about? San Francisco might go to the Super Bowl. They got to get in the that. postseason first, and I don't San, the row they have. San, just, just hear San me out. Francisco hear me might out. go to the Super Bowl. Hear me out. All right. You think they're going to sweep the Cardinals or split? Who the uh, the 49ers? 
Oh, that probably, probably going to sweep the Cardinals. The Cardinals' ass. Going to beat the Dolphins? Uh, I'll probably, I will probably pick the Dolphins. Mm, that'd be a good game. What about the Bucks and the way they're playing right now? I'd pick San Fran over the Bucks. Okay. Do you think they're going to beat Seattle? Yes. What about the Raiders? I don't, I don't even think I need yes. to ask that question. And then they have a game against the Commanders. Yes. So you think out of the remaining games that they're going to they only lose one? They're only going to lose to the Dolphins. Yes. Okay, so this is the same San Francisco team that lost to the Bears, the Broncos, the Falcons. No, two it's scores, not. And no, the Chiefs. No, this team you're got not, slaughtered you're not being, by them. You're not being fair. This is uh, not the same. This is not the same San Francisco team. The same San Francisco team that you talking about had Trey Lance starting, who wasn't ready. The San Francisco team that you talking about did not trade for Christian McCaffrey. That's the San Francisco team that you talking about. You ain't talking about the current San Francisco team. Oh no, that, the San Francisco stop. team that I'm talking about is two and two at McCaffrey. They lost to the Falcons terribly, then they lost to the Chiefs, and they beat the Rams, who we we can all agree aren't they aren't what they were. No, and then they not. beat a then they beat a Chargers team that you know I want that damn high on. Hey, look, that's great. The Packers beat the Cowboys. The Packers ain't making the playoffs. You can book it. See what I mean? Football football is not about who is who. Football is not necessarily about. Which te- the team that has the better record is the better team. That's that's not how football works. Football is I know about this. Ma- football is about matchups. You know this because you you know this because you a coach. You should know that. Which is which is why when all season, what the, what did I say? I said I said Phil- we I predicted Philadelphia to win the division. I said Philadelphia will win a division and they not the best team in the division. The best team in the division is the Dallas Cowboys, but Philadelphia got a gimmicky offense that is hard as fuck. To, um, that it's hard as fuck to contain. So be, unless you like completely change your defense, Philly got a gimmicky offense. Nobody predicted Jalen Hurts to be able to throw the ball past twenty five yards, which except me, <laughs> accurately, except, except That's me, honest, ex- accurately, ex- yeah, accurately, except me. Because if I remember correctly, even both of y'all was like, y'all got to see more, and I was like, hey, Jalen Hurts that deal. But, I still got to see more, but go ahead. Uh, see, the core is still in denial. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but I'll be honest with you, but. Philadelphia. I Philadelphia, gotta see him beat good teams. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. He already beat a good team. He beat Washington once already, if, if, according to your standards. According to your standards of how you painted Washington to be. According no, I to didn't your say standards. Washington was. I never said Washington was good. You called them. You called. You said that they they could make the playoffs. That it's not. I said yeah. It's not out of the realm of. Yeah, like, mathematically. Yeah. Math, that's how I'm looking at it. Mathematically, it's not out the realm of possibilities here. Because as you said, matchups matter, right? Matchups still matter. Got, you still got Jimmy G at quarterback in San Francisco. That's not a guaranteed dub. This man does not help you be better than you are. I, I've, I've doubted Jimmy G and called him a bum. I, Jimmy I've, G been I've, soft since New I've England. Done, when he I've done, look, hurt hey, a fingernail hey, killer, in Michigan. I'm not Killer, I'm not trying to hear that shit. I, I, I'm, I'm, the person, I'm the person who called Jimmy G a bum in all types of shit. For the longest time, this man has done nothing but get to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game two out of three years. I am no longer going to say what Jimmy G can or cannot do. I am no, I am no longer going to doubt this man. Clearly, clearly, whatever whatever deficiencies he got, it's good enough to get him 
to the NFC Championship game. I'm not doubting that man. So I don't I don't want to talk. I don't care about I don't care about how good of a thrower he is or whatever the fuck. All he has done is prove me the fuck wrong and keep winning games. That's I'm all he's him. done. I raised my hand. I Corey Graves. I still doubt Jimmy G. I don't think he's that guy. But anyway, that's not the conversation. Six percent of this show look, has common goddamn sense. Look, <laughs> look, hey, this look, man is not talented. Look, I, I would love to agree with you. I really would because I, I don't like Jimmy G. So I would love to agree with you. Mm-hmm. But his track record says otherwise. He's Terrible. never played on. A, he's never played on a bad football team. So I. I, I can't say that I can credit his success to not just not, being on good you, football teams. You could not take Taylor Heineke and put him on the San Francisco 49ers and have the same result. Because you cannot do that, you got to give Jimmy G some credit. And I am the captain, hate Jimmy G club. I am the captain of it. I can't stand him. I do not think he is talented at all. But his untalented ass <laughs> finds some way <laughs> To Bro. lead a fucking team to the NFC Championship game. That's like the most disrespectful compliment I've <laughs> ever heard. <laughs> hey, I'm, look, I'm, just being, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. Like, yo. I'm over here like, God damn, Mike. Y'all, y'all, are, sitting, y'all are sitting here saying Jimmy G, not, Jimmy G isn't that guy. I am sitting here saying I thought the same thing until he beat the Cowboys, he beat the Packers, and got to the NFC Championship game again. Two out of three years. Like, like, yo, yo, clearly he is something. He, If he's not the guy, maybe he's the boy because, <laughs> because yo, clearly he can do something that, quote, unquote, the guy that San Fran believes in, Trey Lance, he can't. Clearly Jimmy G can do something to win games that Trey Lance can't do. I'm not saying he's like a bum or anything. I just think a lot of his success is predicated on the fact of who he's surrounded by and who his coach is. Like, it I, helps. And I, I'm not saying... I, I, I want to agree with you. I really do. I I, I feel that in my heart. My my heart and the, and the pit of my stomach says Corey and Killer are right. What I have seen... It's, it's, it's saying, I, I, if I doubt this man, they ain't going to do nothing but get to the championship game. What you've seen is a guy who's had more – he's a more successful um, – what's that boy for the Jets? Um, Sanchez. He's a more successful Sanchez. I want to agree with you. I, I, I want to agree with you. I don't Ooh. think y'all understand. The team around him I, is I the reason why he's that damn relevant. I, I don't think y'all understand. I want to agree with y'all. I do not want to disagree with y'all. And then just How? come on and agree with us, bro. Hell no. Hard. No, because no, because if I agree with y'all, San Fran gonna get to the fucking NFC championship game. And you think they're not? Huh? Do you think they are? Do you think this year they can actually do it? I think they can do it. I think the NFC is wide the fuck open. All right, I so who, I, who who else you think walking up there? Because the now NFC- Tampa, Tampa Bay is actually playing decently well. They might no. be able to trip somebody up. Tampa Bay has played decent for one week. Not two weeks. The last two weeks they played pretty well. Okay, two weeks. Yeah. Come on, yo. Come on, yo. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, in the playoff game, it's damn hard to pick against Brady. In a playoff game, it's just like what they used to say about Jerry Rice. Look, it's the postseason. I ain't betting against that man. Look, look, man. 
Tom Brady ain't no top five quarterback no more. I, I said what I said. I oh, said I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I said he what is. I said. I'm not, I'm not saying he is. And if and if Tom it's, Brady, it's, if, it's still going to come Br- a day where in the NBA, Steph Curry don't don't give us that same fear, but we're still going to be like, yo, the game on the line. You know what's going but, in his old ass who, hands. But who can who can who can uh get to the championship game with San Fran? I think San. I, I'll just name teams. I think San Fran can get to the NFC Championship game. I think the Eagles, the Giants, or and the Cowboys can all get to the NFC Championship game. I think the Vikings can get to the championship game. I think um, the Vikings can go to the Super Bowl. Whoa! I um, think they can beat Philly. I think they those, can beat those, Philly. Those they are can. My, those those are the five teams. I'm not a believer in Kirk Cousins. You want to talk about not being a believer in somebody? Kirk Cousins is that guy. Kirk Cousins ain't never did a damn now, significant. You like that. Kirk Cousins ain't never did a damn significant thing in his career. The most significant he, thing, he got the, most, the next, the most significant thing that Kirk Cousins has ever done is put on his teammates' chains. He ain't never did <laughs> nothing important. Hey, let me just say one quick thing. If the Minnesota Vikings, if they make the playoffs, they should they make the playoffs. If all of their playoff games are at one o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I give them a great chance to go into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I give a great chance to go. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Prime time, then no, they want it done. But if that that game's at one o'clock, now good thing is the championship games are in prime time. So even if they do, they can still get to the NFC title game. They losing that game though. Having said having said all of this, I do not believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are getting to the NFC championship game. I don't believe the Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I don't believe the Philadelphia Eagles are making it past their first playoff game, whether that be the division, the divisional round or the wild card round, whatever round is their first playoff game. I don't believe Philly's getting past that first playoff game. I think they'll, I think they'll be one game and done, one and done. Um, and the reason why is because Philly is uh, Philly. They can't close. Philly has Philly has the uh, again. They have a gimmicky offense. Which is they they run all of these read pass options they they run they run this college style offense or whatever it's real gimmicky it's hard for teams to adjust to coming into the game but if y'all if y'all have watched Philly and y'all all season y'all will notice the second half Philadelphia slows the fuck down because teams have been, have made adjustments to their gimmicky ass offense and. Mm-hmm. That it's hard for them to close people out. Like they like they cannot close. And so I don't I don't think I don't think that they're um going I don't think they're making it past their first playoff game. Okay. Uh I can feel you on that. I definitely, definitely, definitely feel you on that. So <laughs> let's uh switch gears a little bit here. Um Mike, since you're already a little fired up, figure I'll go ahead and just get this out the way. Um the Dallas Cowboys blew a fourteen point lead on Sunday. I don't think there's really much to say outside of that. Uh, that Prescott had two really bad interceptions. Um, one of them, I think, gave the gas to Green Bay that they needed. That red zone pick um, gave Green Bay the gas they needed to know that they were in that. Because if Dallas gets any points on that drive, I think the game's pretty much over. Um, I just don't – I'm trying to understand a little bit. Maybe you can tell me why. Because like I said, we talked a little bit before the show. I mean, I said a little bit. It was a little bit. Before the show, because right after I made the statement, you were like, "Nah, go ahead and start the show." Yep. So I had said I would have kicked the three and leaned on the defense, and you would have lost anyway. 
So now I, I'm a coach. You are you know the game well enough to coach it. I don't know if you know that or not. You know I, it well I, enough I, to I, coach I, it. I do know that, but I, I can't. My, I have a temper. I will be getting penalties for unsportsmanlike no, no, conducts. No, no, I, will it's, get it's, five, I will get five of them a game. Mike, I'm going to tell you right now. Do you think I'm not fiery on that sideline? You can get away with a ton as long as you don't touch nobody. That's the problem. I'll be wanting to fight refs, too. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, a, there's, a few, there's a few I wanted to put in the dirt. Yeah, and I don't yeah, mean like I don't mean yeah. like killing someone people. I mean like physically, like it's a football field. Yeah. Dumping somebody. Yeah, good clarification. Sponsors, yeah. good clarification. Mm-hmm. I play a little bit of linebacker, so I can do it. Yeah. But go ahead, man. Talk talk to me. Why would you have made the different play call? No, I so I, I I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now. I agree <laughs> with every coaching decision that Mike McCarthy made. I agree with every single one. Mike McCarthy did not make a ba- one bad coaching decision in the whole entire game. Everything was smart. Everything was calculated. When when Mike McCarthy chose to go for it on fourth down and overtime rather than take the three, the reason that you do that is because if you pay if you paid attention to how to how uh, the kickers were warming up before the game started. When you, when you, if you're, if you are kicking in the direction that the Cowboys were going, the ball was going to fall short of the goal line. It would have been a 53 yard kick. I know Brett, I got, I know Brett Maher got a leg. I know his career long is like 61 yards. I know he got a leg, but with the way that the wind was blowing in Lambeau Field and we was going against the wind, you were not going to make the field goal. You was going to have to lean on your defense anyway. The 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 fucked up thing about going forward on fourth down was the play that Kellen Moore chose. You did not give Dak Prescott a fighting Mm-mm. chance. You did you chose the wrong fucking play. I don't know, I don't understand if you got three yards. I don't understand why you can't sit there and send C.D. Lamb on a drag route right above the markers and just hit him right above right above the markers on a on a on a four yard drag. I don't understand why you can't do that. I don't understand why you didn't send why you didn't send Dalton Schultz on a on a button hook to the outside towards the out of bounds line so you could put mm-hmm. the ball only where he could get it rather than rather than having somebody rather than risking somebody picking it off. I don't understand why you wouldn't run that route. What you did was you had you you had Dak Dak Prescott hike the ball. You had the blocking you had the blocking assignments all navigate to the left. You had all of the receivers all roll their routes to the left. And you had the you had the running back Tony Pollard roll out to the left and you had Dak Prescott dropping back. You did not have him rolling out to the left where all of his receivers were until late after the pocket broke down. I don't understand Kellen Moore's play calling. It's like, for all of that, you might as well should have just called a running play and just pray for three yards. And, and that was another thing. If you paid attention to the game... Oh, y'all were running down the throat. Green Bay was not stopping the running game. At all. Green Bay was not stopping the running game. Y'all so could have ran for why, 300. So why did we have Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott throwing the ball 45-plus times? We never win when he throws the ball over 40 times. We never win. Literally, literally. I think our record is like zero in whatever anytime Dak Prescott throws the ball over 40 times. Because Dak Prescott, is he needs a running game. That's not a secret. 
CeeDee Lamb went off. Jair Alexander, I don't want to hear shit from him. He didn't lock down nobody. Jair Alexander didn't lock down shit. Like, Stefan Diggs told him he won that dude. He was right, because Jair Alexander ain't locked down nothing. CD went for, like, 150 yards. Uh, so, 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 like, I don't understand why the play call was what the play call was. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I do not understand that. But, Killer, I'm telling you now, if you would have went for the three, you would have missed. It would have hooked to the left. You would, you still wouldn't have had no points, and you would have had to lean on your defense anyway. Okay. Like I said, I just wanted to understand, like, why you would have made that call. But I do agree with you now that I – because that was some things about the win and stuff that I really wasn't too and, keen on because my mind was still blown by an earlier game. So And and when and, – and when the fourth – when the fourth and three – when the fourth and three um, happened, like, like when we – when I knew we, we had a fourth and three, I was screaming at the TV, go for it, go for it, go for it. Because how many times, and Corey should know the answer to this question, if you don't kill her, how many times did the Cowboys fan base criticize Jason Garrett for not going for it in critical moments when the game mattered? When the game is on the line, how many times did we criticize Jason Garrett for taking the safe route? I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. We playing we, we play Aaron Rodgers. Regardless, Aaron, regardless of how he's been playing overall this year, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is still one of the top five greatest quarterbacks to ever touch a football field. That is who he was playing against. I am going for the touchdown. I am not playing this field goal shit. I am going to die on my sword. If I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose. If I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose on my shield. I'm not about mm-hmm. to lose. I'm not about to lose because I settled. And so that that was my that was my position on it. So, all right, Corey, what was your take on all this all this stuff from Sunday? Because we we did talk a little bit on Sunday. Yeah, we did. We sure did. Yeah, right before the overtime, yeah, me and Killer talked, and uh, so basically, I agree. The going for it was the right call. The play the play design was not. Apparently, it was a spread mesh design, which did not fare well. And like my mind keeps Nothing going back. Meshed. Nothing yeah, meshed. Right. And it's like my my whole thing, I wonder what would have happened. Uh, I can't remember if this was the fourth down. I mean, I can't remember if this was the fourth quarter or overtime, but remember Mike Jalen Tolbert, the, the call for offsides? The, the offsides. That 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 would the fourth and three would have never happened if that didn't happen. Exactly. And the ref told him to line up at that exact spot. So I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that and plus that that pass to C.D. Lamb clearly that was pass interference, but whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, but at at the end of the day, like when you playing games like that, like you know, it's it's nip and tuck, and a lot of things happen. And for me, it's just like in that critical situation, specifically that 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 fourth down call. You you above all else, you have to design a play that that. That that yeah, that helps your quarterback. I don't care if it's the simplest play, the 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 most exactly whatever. You have to go to one of your quarterback's favorite plays, a plays that you know ninety to ninety five percent of the time is going to be successful. Okay. So, oh no, but, go ahead, go ahead, no, go ahead, Corey, go ahead, Corey. I'm gonna let I, you I was gonna say. I was just gonna say whatever that was on that down at that critical point. I don't know what Kellen Moore was doing. I don't. I don't. I don't even know. 
I know he was uh, trying to target CD, but like I don't know what the the what the design. I don't know who the hot receiver was. I guess CD was the hot receiver, but like you got to do something much much better than that. And I I think this so from a macro big picture standpoint, I think this is one of those things where we come back to Kellen Moore coaching and like the little things like buttoning up the little things like if you on your p's and q's and, and and you you have a situation like that you have to know which plays to go to and 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 that that you can that you feel have a high degree of success and like even if you lose even if you go down you say well okay at least we went out with with our, our best play or our best players or whatever the case may be. Like I said, I don't even know, I don't know what kind of play that was at that point in time. Like I don't know what you were trying to do, but like you have to be smarter than that, you know. But like I said, I like the I like the idea of going forward. You should have gone forward. I just would have preferred a different play call. That's me. Yeah. Um. So about the about the Jalen Tolbert uh, offsides. I don't give a fuck where the ref told him it was okay to line up. Your job as a receiver is to look at where your O-line is holding the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. That is your job. You look to you if, if you're a, if you are lining up as a receiver, if you are lining up on the left-hand side of the play, your job is to look to the right first to look at your offensive lineman to see where the line of scrimmage is back up if you need to then you look to the left and you give the thumbs up to the ref and the ref nods his head yes or no the fact that the ref nodded his head yes without you looking that that blame still falls on you because you did not look to the right of you to see where the line of scrimmage was set the ref could have just nodded his head the ref could have just nodded his head having a mental having a mental fart because he has all of these other things in this critical ass moment to look at. So he could have just nodded his head, you know, kind of on accident, like unconsciously nodding his head. You know what I mean? That he could have been doing that. It is your job, CYA. We say it all the time in corporate America. CYA, cover your ass. It is your job. You don't verify with the ref. You verify with your team. Where is the, where the fuck is the line of scrimmage? The fact mm-hmm. that they can, the fact that they can run the replay and they can see you lined up in the same position in the same way. The fact that they can see you lined up on the same line as the D line is a fucking problem. That's a fucking problem. So so Tolbert's job is to look at the line of scrimmage where his team is holding the ball, where the center is holding the ball to see, to capture where the line of scrimmage is to get a reference point. If he if he's not trying to look at the line, look opposite on the other side of the field where your wide receiver two is. Look at him to get an idea of where you need to be lined up. That ain't even a rookie mistake. That That's just, that's just a lack of football IQ. Um, so I, so I can't, I can't excuse Jalen Tolbert for that. Um, what else was I was about to say? Oh, uh, Killer, remember how, uh, when we were talking about, uh, Washington and Philly, I talked about matchups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So 
in a in a in a in a way, or it's not even in a way. This is just what it is. I want you to know, us giving up a fourteen point lead, Dak throwing the interceptions. That that's not why we lost. The reason that the Cowboys lost is because the weakest point, the weakest part of the Dallas Cowboys is stopping the run. We cannot stop the run. We have not stopped the run against any opponent we have played this season. That's what I was alluding to last week when we did when we did our show. Or was it a couple weeks ago when we did our show? Um, and I said, I have a problem with how the Cowboys defense has come to nothing but sacks and turnovers. It seems like all the defense cares about, and, and, and Corey, I don't know if you see this, but it seems like all the defense cares about is getting to the quarterback and getting interceptions and fumbles. Nobody is concerning themselves with stopping the run. There's no reason why if, if you're there's no reason why if you're rushing six, you need to have six people concerned with getting a sack. If you are rushing six, send four, whose goal is to get the sack, have two to cover your gaps. You have to stop the run. It is critical. Stop, stopping the run is just as important as getting sacks. The problem, the problem with uh the problem that I have with how the Cowboys with how the Cowboys are constructed defensively is again they the Cowboys only care about getting sacks. We in week 1, week 1 when Tampa Bay got in the red zone. Uh-huh. Mike, Michael Parsons sacked Tom Brady. What's the first thing Michael Parsons did to celebrate the sack? He got up Pointed to his sideline and put up two fingers, saying he got two sacks. You got motherfuckers on the defense counting their stats. You ain't gonna win like that. You ain't gonna win like that. You got motherfuckers only caring about what shows up on the stat sheet. Stopping the run ain't gonna get you paid, but sack numbers will. That's the problem that I got with the Cowboys defense. Nobody is concerned with stopping the run. It's almost as if they don't care about it. Even even the, the nose tackles, Quentin Bohanna in the middle. Um, Neville Gallimore in the middle. You got Osio Digazua in the, in the middle. All of them, they are nose tackles concerned with sack numbers. I need somebody to stop the run. If you stop the run, then your sack numbers will come because you force the other team to pass. Killer, that's, mm-hmm. why, that's why the Cowboys couldn't beat Philly because they were so concerned about sacking Jalen Hurts when Philly's offense... Isn't predicated on throwing the ball. Nope. All they do, all they do is run. And so they ate Michael Parsons up with the read option because all Michael Parsons was look was all Michael Parsons was looking for was hitting the quarterback. Which is why every time Jalen Hurts rolled out to the right and it was a read option, Miles Sanders ended up taking the ball. Because motherfuckers are only concerned about getting sack numbers. I got a problem with that. So so that that's what I meant. That's what I meant in when we was talking about Washington and Philly. That's what mm-hmm. I meant about how matchups, the styles make the fights. It doesn't mean that the Packers are better than the Cowboys. I think all three of us know the Packers ain't better than the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
It is about the matchups. And the fact of the matter is the Cowboys rush defense is one of the worst in the league. And the Cowboys had to go up against a two headed monster in, uh, in Aaron Jones and CJ uh, Dillon. That, that that's that's the matchup. That's the matchup right there where we're at a disadvantage. Aaron Rodgers didn't even do anything spectacular. Aaron Rodgers threw two bombs. To yeah, and both of them to that Christian yeah. dude. Yeah, he threw yeah. two bombs. He threw two bombs. That's the, those were the only two things that Aaron Rodgers did the whole game that was like wow. And we talking about to a dude who usually drops deep balls. Like that's another thing that we you know Packers played the Cowboys. You know for people who trying to get put on. You gotta play well against the Cowboys. It seems like everybody plays well against the Cowboys and play and play, and play shitty against everybody else. But that's 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 just yeah that that's just the the aura of the of playing against the Dallas Cowboys or whatever. Um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers didn't do anything special yesterday. Um, mm. all, it was Aaron Jones and CJ and CJ Dillon that beat us. And it's, and, and last thing, and then I'm then I'm done. With, I'm done with the Cowboys shit. I promise you. You mentioned the two picks. You mentioned the two picks that Dak threw. Mm-hmm. The the I believe it was the first pick. The first pick to CD Lamb was not Dak's fault. No, that was CD. That was CD's fault. CD, what CD did, and Killer, you are a coach, and if you mm-hmm. want to if you want to verify the, or if you want to validate what I'm saying for the people who think I just be like talking smoke. Go ahead and validate it for him. But what CD uh-huh. did, what CD did was CD ran a, a deep crossing route. Uh-huh. That that that's what the call was, a deep crossing route. On a crossing route, you are supposed to cut the route like you're cutting a bread, like you're cutting off a car in traffic, something uh-huh. sharp. It's supposed to be a sharp turn. It's supposed to be a cut inside. That's the cross. It's supposed to be a up and then a cut to the cross. CD didn't cut on the cross. If he rounded it. If you cut on the cross, you step in front of the defender. And so when the defender, in order for the defender to make a play on the ball, he has to he has to interfere with your pass. Or you catch it in front of him and he and he, you know, you're gonna take a good, you're gonna take a good licking. I mean, you're going across the middle, you're gonna take a hit. But mm-hmm. you but we get the first down. CD is supposed to cut in the middle and hit the cross in front of the defender's eyes, which is what Dak was expecting him to do. Dak threw the ball before CD even made the cut because he was expecting CD to do his job, hit the hard cut on the inside, cross the defender's eyes. What CD did, CD took, CD, he rounded out the route. So instead of cutting the cross, it was almost like he was kind of it was it was almost like he was crossing, but but like fading as he was crossing, like he mm-hmm. was fa- like he was fading deeper as he was crossing, which allowed the defender, which opened up the defender directly to the pass. So that interception was solely on CD, and it, it's fucked up because it's going to go on Dak Prescott. Everybody going to criticize Dak Prescott for having two picks, but that was completely CD Lamb's fault. Mm-hmm. If you if you watch that play, Killer, if you want to validate it, go ahead. If you if people think I'm lying or I'm just saying shit, you know what I'm saying? They get, we got a coach mm-hmm. right here on the pod. Like I'm not making this up. All right, so I'll be honest with you. When I'm teaching my quarterbacks and my wide receivers how to throw and run ins and outs, 
I tell them you want to take your route directly across the face of the level we tell you to run to. If I say this is a level three, that means you're taking it across the safety space. If I say it's a level two or a level one, you're bringing it across the linebacker linebackers. Space. And it's typically whoever the first linebacker you get to is because his depth isn't going to be that high. So it's going to look a lot more like a drag depending on where you are on the field. Now, if it's a mid, his rig gets a little different. Yes, you have to cut it across the linebacker's face. But you also need to make sure that when you cut it across the linebacker's face, because you're going past that first uh, first throwing window, no, typically it, it, it on was, that one, no, there's someone kill, there. Killer, kill mm-hmm. that was that was a level three cross. That that was it was it was it was a level three. So it was across the so basically it, it's the it was a cross, quarterback. It was that's a cross, the easiest it, one to throw. It was supposed to be across in front of the safeties because you're because a level three you're gonna you're gonna naturally throw the ball over the head of the linebackers. They mm-hmm. have no shot unless they're playing deep zone coverage. Um, what 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 you're talking about? What you're talking about? Level three. That was the route. It was a level three deep cross, and CD was supposed to cut the cross in front of the two safeties, and he didn't. And and you had one safety playing playing deep support coverage on uh. Not C.D. Lamb on um, on Gallup. You had um, you had one safety playing deep cover, so all he had to do was cross that was cross uh, for the free safety. All he had to do was cross his eyes, and I'm telling you, if he crosses in front of him, the catch is complete, and C.D. and C.D. got room. He got space. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't do that. He he faded on a crossing route. I don't. I ain't never seen a fade to the inside until yesterday. I've never seen a receiver fade to the inside. Like it's like, and we when we teaching that route. One thing I do tell my boys, I said, I don't want to see you chop. I want you to see you stick and go. Yeah, when but he that, and, but that and pivot foot in the ground and, mm-hmm. and, and haul and, ass and haul like. ass. And and what we also teach is. As soon as you stick and go, do not round off this route. It will get picked. And I demonstrated it. I put, I set up my defense, had the quarterback run that, had the quarterback know the play, had the receiver run the on route, and every single time he rounded it, it got picked. Every single time. So I tell my boys, I need these routes sharp. I need them crisp. We need to be on point. Yeah, um, make this quarterback jobs easy, and CD broke rule number two. He did stick his foot, but he rounded that bad boy like he was drawing the letter R, and it yeah. hurt. And, and 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 what do they teach you when you are learning? When you are learning the like when you're when you're a receiver, a corner, or a safety, it is your job to study routes because as a corner and a safety, you have to defend those routes as a receiver. You have to, you have to make those routes. What are the, when Mm -hmm. you're learning routes, what is the first thing that they tell you about a crossing route? You make, you don't make the letter R. And like you said, you don't make the letter R. Mm -hmm. You make the number seven because Mm -hmm. it's it's supposed to be sharp. Like, like the, the point, the point on your route should be so damn sharp that if it was real, I could cut my finger on it. That is how mm-hmm. sharp the route is supposed to be. And that's not what CD did. My bad, Corey. I took t- I took it too deep. It's on you if you got – I don't know what you got. No, nah, that's – y'all just, just 
pretty much a coaching clinic right there. Uh, ladies and mm-hmm. gentlemen, if y'all listen to this episode of All Stick, you learn. Hopefully you learn some things and take it back to your friends. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> y'all covered it. <laughs> so it's, it's take it back to your friends. But, oh. but no, um, but no, the giving up the 14 point lead, um, the fact that the offense got had 28 points going into the fourth quarter, the offense to me did their job. The defense let the offense down. This is and, and this is the first time, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time that I can look at the Cowboys and say, damn, the offense did their job and the defense didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's the there's the element of Aaron Rodgers just has the Cowboys number. Like that's yeah. that, that that's just to me, that's what it, that's another thing that it boils down to. Rodgers just got the Cowboys number. It, it's just some shit you can't do nothing about. And Aaron Rodgers having the Cowboys number is one of them. That's true. I'm gonna tell you who whose number I'm glad is now back is on uh, number ninety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm so glad I had that man back. <laughs> God dang it! I'm so glad I have him back. Yeah, because I mean, hey, T.J. he a big deal. Dude, he's the most important player on my team. Period. I believe, oh yeah. Facts. We can we can miss almost anything else and be just fine. We can't miss him. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he opened. Because now you can't just solely pin in on um. I almost called him Casey Hampton. I do this all the time on um on Cam Hayward. Because mm. if you put two on what, you can't put two on Hayward. And then that means also means that it's going to be nothing but one on ones. But Highsmith up the top, it changes everything that we do. Can I can I go down y'all schedule real quick? Mm-hmm. Y'all y'all got the Bengals next. I think y'all gonna beat them. Y'all got the Colts after that. I think y'all gonna beat them. Y'all got the Falcons after that. I think y'all gonna beat them. That's already six and six. Y'all got the Ravens next. Y'all probably gonna lose. So then y'all gonna be six and seven. Y'all got the Panthers. Y'all gonna beat them. That's seven and seven. Um. Then y'all got the Raiders. Uh, that that y'all probably gonna beat them. That's eight and seven. Y'all got the Ravens again. Y'all probably gonna get swept by them. So that's eight and eight. Then y'all got the Browns last game of the season. Deshaun Watson looked like trash in the preseason. So y'all probably gonna be. I still got y'all finishing nine and eight. Damn, that's the most jacked up ride in nine and eight I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> and here's what's wild. Here's what's wild. Let me go to the um standings real quick because this is where it gets interesting. I think nine and eight is good enough to get you in in the AFC. Here's my question: Why is that the most jacked up? Corey, do you understand? Did, like, did I say anything jacked up? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about no. You didn't say anything. I'm thinking about this Pittsburgh season as a whole. Like we both said nine and eight when the season started, right? Oh yeah, 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 I, yeah. We, <laughs> we were two and damn six. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm just yeah. being real. Cincinnati yeah, it to look really bad. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, feel free to cut me off if y'all feel like I'm talking out the side of my ass. But Cincinnati ain't did nothing impressive all year. Indianapolis ain't did nothing impressive all year. The Falcons, I mean, they they a below average team. You, we're just shocked at how well that they have been doing because we expected them to go like 0-17. Um, yeah, they were bad. Nah, yeah, I'll be honest with you. On the 0-17 team I saw this year was Seattle, and they just didn't. Yeah, <laughs> they did yeah, fall that's fair. Uh, but, yeah, the Fal- the Falcons, the Colts, the Bengals, none of them have done anything impressive. Uh, the Ravens and Steelers, 
that that's going I think y'all going to get swept by them but I think those games are going to be super close because it's a division game like mm-hmm. it's a division game and um, I think yeah. the 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 grit is going to come back in this one cuz it's not going to be as much throwing of yeah, the, the football the so Panthers, grit's coming the Panthers are pretty much tanking the Raiders are are fucking are the biggest disappointment in the NFL that I've seen in a long ass time oh boy um, mm. and then the Browns I mean what what reason do I have to believe in Deshaun Watson? Mm-hmm. It ain't it ain't like it's it ain't like it's massage tables and women that's playing the game. So why why would I believe in Deshaun Watson right now? <laughs> that man's stressed and can't even go get a massage. That is you feel me? Like like why, is, why do I have cool. I have I have no reason to believe in Deshaun Watson. I say I'm the most unathletic member of this podcast, and I can still go get a sports massage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. See, <laughs> all right, all right. You, you kind of took it too far. <laughs> I know I opened the door, but shit. I kicked that bitch down. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ. But yeah, uh, like, I'm, just, uh, I'm, I'm just saying that that's still kind of uh, yeah, weird. Uh, but unless Deshaun Watson got a clause in his contract that says he's eligible for free massages every game that he win, I don't understand why the Cleveland Browns will continue to win. Jacoby Brissett honestly ain't been that bad. Mm-mm, I'd have no, just ran yeah. with him. I'll be honest with you. The Browns defense is letting them down more than anything. That offense really does move the ball well. The Browns defense is letting them yeah. down. Not Miles Garrett, but the Browns defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. the Browns defense. That linebacking core is probably the worst in the NFL. And I did not see that after after the job they did last year. I did yeah. not see that happening. Yeah. It, like, it I, I, would take, I would take Atlanta's linebackers. And if y'all know anything about Atlanta's defense – I would rather play with Winston's defense on some Sundays. I'm dead damn serious. That defense is horrible. But it's nah, not T- as bad. It's T- not as bad as Detroit, but it's horrible. Yeah, but no, nah, TJ yeah. Watt definitely is a big deal for y'all. Y'all need him. Glad y'all got him back. I'm not one of them Cowboy fans that hate the Steelers. Like I feel like the league is better. I feel like the league is better when the, when the Cowboys are good, when the Steelers are good, when the 49ers are good, when you have those legacy, legendary teams that are good that can go head-to-head in the playoffs. I think it makes for better football. So I have nothing against Pittsburgh being good at all. Yeah. I don't you know why. I, I feel the, the same way about y'all's Dallas Cowboys. Like, I'm one of the few Steelers fans who I don't hate Dallas. I have a healthy respect for the Dallas Cowboys. I yeah. just do. Now, now, granted, I don't know if the bulk of that has still, to do with the fact that, yeah, that my my yeah. um my mom's a cowboy fan, my um, older brother's a cowboy fan, and I shared a room with him. So all I heard on Sundays was, "Yeah, my Dallas Cowboys boy, you see my boys boy. I know you see them boys boy. Uh huh, yeah boy, like Urban boy. That's all I fucking heard every <laughs> Sunday, every fucking Sunday." Every goddamn Sunday, okay. <laughs> so I got used to, and then it didn't make it no better when my little Steelers and I was like six years old, and we made the damn Super Bowl, and we played y'all motherfuckers. And then Neil O'Donnell decided I'm gonna put on the Cowboy jersey real quick and just gave y'all motherfuckers the game. It just hey, gave look, it to you. Look, like I've never play. seen a wide open interception a day in my life, and that's exactly what he's doing with. If you look, it was not another stealer in the fucking frame. Like I really go back and watch that pick. The camera angle they show is Darren Darren Woodson looking like he doing a fucking ballet move. He had no reason to spin when he picked that ball off. He did it because won't no one to fuck around him. So I still don't understand 
who he was throwing that bitch to. Like, even if you backed it up, the the route combination from the left side didn't even match up. There was no drag going over the top. Who the I, fuck were you throwing the ball to? All I need, all I need is one favor from you, killer. Talk to me. If I, I ever, if I ever it hurts move me. back, if I ever move back to North Carolina, if I ever move back, mm-hmm. just make room for me on your coaching staff. If I ever move back, we'll do. That's the only way that I'm. A, that's the only way that I'm gonna coach anything. I'm only coaching for somebody who like I fuck with heavy because they know me. When they, when I start to get riled up and I start to like take my brass knuckles out my pocket, I got I got my my people that can calm me the hell down. You feel yeah, me? Like, I, was, I, I was about to say, killer. If you add Mike to your coach, that you better make sure you hire somebody to keep Mike in check from doing something. I'll be honest with you, bro. I, I am the one that keeps <laughs> other coaches in check. Like I had to break up fights after games and oh. shit, dog. Like. I was like, no, we ain't doing that shit out here, nigga. I'm talking about it, it was getting rough, bruh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, for like, sure. I be I, I'm not trying to sit here and because y'all heard about that that youth football coach in um, Texas, right? Some time ago. Actually, before the season got started. Nah, I ain't hear this about that. Was, this man was shot and killed by a parent at a game. Damn, yo. Because he pulled the kid out. Because you have these um you have these things called NPRs, minimum play requirements. Mm-hmm. If like for for example, my team had about twenty two kids on it, twenty two twenty four kids. That means I had to do at least eight plays for each child. It's hard coaching around that because I can't keep my best unit as a whole on the field all together. I got to find somewhere to put this little kid that's picking his nose while the game going on. I got to find a way to get him eight snaps. That's hey, not going to turn into eight damn touchdowns. Hey, look, this this how I see it, man. If if I'm on if I'm on your coaching staff, you ain't never got to worry about nobody trying to take you out. Because if they take you out, they damn sure don't want me to be the head coach. You want to talk about <laughs> lack of playing time? You want to talk about lack of playing time? They kid wouldn't get no. They kid wouldn't even be invited to practice. Fuck out of here. I'm, that see, every every president need mm-hmm. a vice president like me. Every president gotta have that dude where it's like. I'm gonna make you my vice president because if anything happened to me, they're gonna have to deal with a whole lot more worse shit with you. So, wow. You, you, hey, look. <laughs> hey, tell me the flaw in my plan. Tell, Bro, me, tell me the flaw. I'll be honest with you. That's the same shit Dave Chappelle said. If he ran for president, he said he um. And this is it was his joke, y'all. So please, God, don't frame me. Don't don't flame me up for this. But he said that he'll um. Pick a Mexican dude that's his running mate. So that way he don't got to worry about getting killed. And I was like, damn. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. <laughs> damn. I'm, I, I was like, I was like, you know what, though, bro? If that did happen, and I had a fucked up joke right behind it. I was like, if that did happen, I would not mind having Taco Tuesdays be implemented as a actual national fucking holiday that look, we celebrate monthly. Look, think think about it like this. <laughs> Corey couldn't be my vice president because Corey has too much sense. Corey has too, he has too, like Corey has too much sense. So what I mean by that is me, some, I, I'm running shit how I want to run shit. If somebody don't like the way I'm running shit, they easily could be like, you know what? I'm going to take this fool out because I'm, I might go to jail, but at least we won't have to deal with him no more. We can deal with somebody logical because the vice president cool as fuck talking about Corey. <laughs> Yeah, 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 nah, nah, uh-uh, uh-uh. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen if if I'm if I'm the president? If I'm the president, head coach? If I'm the if I'm the lead of anything, 
I'm about to have two people, or I'm about to have one or two people behind me who's even worse than me. Because if you take me out now, look what you got to deal with. You're gonna be wishing you had me back. That that's that, that's how I protect myself from getting killed. Like yo, yo, bro. That's that's the most that's a up great plan that actually might work. Shit. You know what's wild? That don't have me never voting for another vice president to be president ever again. Look, hey, look, Corey, what you just say? There's a uh-huh. reason why you would pick second. Hold on, what, Corey, what you what you just say? I said that's the most effed up thing that might actually work. Yeah, and look, I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> ain't, ain't no, look, kill, ain't killer, you ain't never got to worry about a parent approaching you on some BS because if I see it, when I get over there, Oh, it's it's another fucking problem. We no longer talking about your kid. We talking about where you gonna be at when this game over. Like like it's 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 reached a whole new level. You feel me? Like like yeah. So I'm just saying. I I know oh out of the God. out of the three of us, out of the three of us, anybody anybody who listening to the show, out of the three of us, just know, I am the worst. Of the three evils on this show, if all if all three of us are evils, I am the worst. Killer gonna I'm, do this. Killer gonna do the shit talking. He gonna say some less shit in left field. Corey is the smart, calculated one. Me, I am the one who's going to do shit without any type of thinking until after it's already done. I am. That, loose, I, I'm the loose cannon. Yeah, and you know what. You're the loose cannon. I'm the mug who's pulling the string. Cause I I know subjects that can get you to go off. And Corey's over there like, bro, I gotta get them scissors away. I gotta get them scissors. I gotta cut this damn string before they fuck around and we don't have a show in a week. I gotta probably yeah, do this Corey, shit. Corey, Corey is the one who does the damage control. Oh, and we man. and we love and appreciate Corey that he's willing to do the damage control behind us two motherfuckers. Bro, hey, just like we love future sponsors of this podcast. Hey, if y'all want to come wrap your arms about us, we're here for you. But, but here's the thing, though. I've all, seen what makes you clap. Here's, here's the thing, though. For all the future sponsors that, you know, want to come and, and sponsor the show, yo, we will be loyal to your ass. Like, that's the mm-hmm. that's the alternative. Like, like we so, like, we so loyal to the to the people who fuck with us. That when you no longer fuck with us, we coming for your fucking neck. Mm-hmm. It sound ass backwards, but it works. That's true. I mean, shit. You know what? And speaking on this, because we we were talk, we we didn't even really talk hoops in a while, mm-hmm. like almost at all. Kevin Durant's um, losing. That is definitely not what I was about to talk about. But, but Kevin Durant is losing right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a good thing. And actually, the Knicks are beating the Jazz, and I did not have that happen. The Kings, let's go. Let's go, Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. Let's go, Sacramento. Keep winning some damn basketball games. Well, all right, now let's get Keep to Keep winning. We're six and six now, baby. Let's go. And I say we because, remember, I picked them to make the damn play in. I need y'all to win at least 42 games. Let's okay. go. Okay, we're gonna yeah. act like you, okay. We're gonna act like you're an honorary Maloof brother. Okay, go ahead. Nah, um, I'm not honorary. I just really, <laughs> I, I just believed in that roster. I think it's finally started to come together at the end of last season, and now you're seeing that they're starting to correct it by giving some bonus to goddamn ball. But all right, go ahead, go ahead. We talk about hoops. Go ahead. I like where this is going. Go ahead. My bad. All right. So talking hoops. Talking hoops. 
this season, so so far, you can say we hit the uh, we're at that one eighth marker where things start to blossom into what they could actually be for these teams. I'm looking at the Hornets. Am I slightly disappointed in what's happening with the Hornets? Yes. I thought they were going to be the next young team to kind of take that step up. The way that, um, in a sense, the way that Atlanta did. They took that step up. They made the postseason, made that run. They took that next step. Charlotte has all the capability to be able to do the exact same thing. But I think where they're lacking at, and it's going to sound terrible right now because I don't think it's going to be the case later, but I believe it's going to come down to coaching for them. But out of all the teams who aren't technically in the field of eight right now, outside of the Nets, the Bulls, and the Heat, I don't think any of the other teams are necessarily playoff teams. I don't think the Wizards hold on. So that's leaving legitimate. Maybe the Raptors hold on. Depends on how well Van Vliet carries them. Um, I'm so, looking. I don't really know. I don't, I don't think there's a slot left for some of these teams that even be postseason teams this year. All right. So, Killer, you don't say nothing because you don't say nothing. Uh, Corey, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read off these names. I want you to tell me whether they are good or not. Okay. All right. Kai Jones. I don't even know who that is. Exactly. There's a reason. Jalen McDaniels. Don't know who that is. There's a reason. Bryce McGowans. Never heard of him. Yep. There's a reason. JT Thor. Nope. Don't know. I'll tell you right now. JT Thor has a lot of potential. James Booknight. Okay. I know him. Yeah, he yeah, you know him. Yeah, not right. from not from not from anything he's done in Charlotte. You probably know him from when he was in college. Probably, yeah, he, but I definitely he, know him. For, when he when he was uh, real magical uh in March mm-hmm. Madness when he was uh when he was uh with UConn. That's probably where yep. you know Book Knight from. Um mm-hmm. PJ Washington. <laughs> I'm familiar with PJ Washington. And it has not nothing very. to do with basketball, is <laughs> <laughs> you, you're familiar with you're familiar with PJ Washington because of Brittany Renner. Uh, I know that was a terrible life decision by him. Uh, um, what about Cody Martin? You know he got a twin, Caleb Martin in Miami. You know okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know he, role player, decent role player, right? Yep, yep. Kelly Oubre Jr. Oh, I like God, him. I can't, I can't stay. I, he can play, but he just, he just, he's one of those players that just kind of just rubbed me the wrong way from his days yeah, in Washington. Yeah, he, but. he like a, he like a Kappa. He like a Kappa, one of them pretty boys <laughs> called himself Wave Poppy and shit. Yeah, I mean, he good as hell at basketball, but yeah, he one of them yeah. pretty boy. He running them pretty boy type of guys. Um, yeah. I'll be honest with you, there's not one pretty boy on this podcast whatsoever at all. We about, we about three most gritty motherfuckers you're going to come across. I, I legit look like a trucker. Like, there's no way in the world. Hey, get out of here, yo. Get out of here. Oh, shit. Okay. I feel like we need a commercial break. Shit. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. 
I was not expecting that. <laughs> the point. Oh man. The point that I'm getting at is Charlotte only got Charlotte. Charlotte only got three good players. They got Lamelo Ball. They got Terry Rozier. They got Kelly Oubre Jr. Them the only three good players that they got. The fact that they got Dennis Smith Jr. and he was talking about quitting basketball before he signed with Charlotte that goes to show you how lack how how much uh, talent Charlotte has, which is not a lot. So I don't know. I think that they got Hayward too. They. Oh, you know Gordon Hayward? Yeah, he not he not he's a role player at this point. He's not like All Star Gordon Hayward like he used to be. Um, nah, this ain't this ain't Mr. Still Your Girl. Nah, he's Mr. Kevin Love now. He's him and Kevin Love are the same player. Um, it's but, Mr. Kevin Love. But no, I think I think with Charlotte, we probably uh, we probably put an unreasonable expectations on Charlotte because of the LaMelo ball hype and how many wins LaMelo ball single-handedly led Charlotte to last year. The mm-hmm. thing is, the thing is though, like every year in sports, not just in basketball, but every year in sports, like teams are going to adapt to defending you. And so I don't, I don't, and, and LaMelo ball is just coming back from injury. Like he just made the season debut, I think um, in the middle of last week. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's still too early, I think, to judge him. Maybe LaMelo Ball can carry him back to a playoff spot. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if Charlotte is, I, I don't know. I don't know if we should be expecting Charlotte to be like this, this playoff lock team or whatever. Well, here's the thing. Like, considering where they are now, I think their current record was a 3-11. and 11. Um, four. Okay, so I know this is this goes against everything that Michael Jordan stands for. But if you're showing <laughs> things, things continue to trend in a certain way. At what point in the season do you start to at least think about purposefully putting yourself in the Wimbayama sweepstakes? Oh, please, right. God, no! We're talking about tanking. Oh my God. That's nah, what I'm saying. I mean, now, be honest, and the NBA is not as, it's not as easy to tank and get rewarded for it because they decrease the odds of you getting the first pick even with the worst record. I think it went from, what was it, Mike, a 35 or 36% down to a 25? Well, now the top three, the three worst teams all have an equal percentage of, of It's 25, 25, 25, right? It's something like that. And then, yeah. and then the rest of the percentage is made up, you know, amongst the other the other um, 11 yeah. lottery teams. They're like 7%, 8%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I just really wish they went back to those big cards so they could bend the corner side where Chicago could have get another number one pick. That'd been great. I, I, I um, maybe Zion would be a Nick. Corey, I, Corey, you since you brought up his name, let me tell you, I am not in the Wimbayama sweepstakes. I, I, I don't, I do not believe he's going to be that good on the NBA level. Not physical enough. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like like I understand he might be the greatest prospect that people have seen since LeBron James, which is what they're saying. But um, here's the thing: as much as I rag on Kevin Durant, he's great. He's great, right? He's an all time he's an all time top player, right? I think we can mm-hmm. all agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you really think Victor Wimbayama is about to be Kevin Durant? Fuck no. And so, and so, my thing is, unless when by I'm about to be Kevin Durant, why would you why would you tank 
specifically for him. Like, think about it like this. Kevin Durant is an all-time great player. Kevin Durant is in, like, what, his his fifth 17th year no i think i think he came out 2007 i think he came I think yeah he came out 07 came out 07 so yeah. he's so he's in his 16th year right now in 16 years kevin durant only got two rings why would i expect Wimbayama to be the same if i don't even think he's going to be as great <clears throat> as kevin durant i think the thing with him is is like you know you see the, the kd comparisons but i'm not exactly sure what he can be like I it's like we've never seen something quite like this before. Like a seven foot four dude who can shoot threes off of one foot and do all these a- things. Like I actually we have seen that. His name is Dirt and Whiskey. No, no, no. That's not who I'm talking about. We had but we have seen based on core, based on what you described, seven a seven a guy that's seven four uh, that can shoot or whatever. Now this oh, yeah, guy man. this guy wasn't specifically seven four. Um but he could move like KD and like Wimbayama, and nobody, you know, everybody has forgotten about him, and he, they should have. He was he ended up his career ended up flaming out because of injuries. But a long time ago, there was a man by the name of Jonathan Bender. Oh played, boy, for played, Indiana, played for the Indiana Pacers. Oh, he was an and, issue, boy. And, and Jonathan Jonathan Bender, when healthy, Jonathan Bender gave you. Problems, Jonathan, Jonathan Bender. He was lanky, like Wimbayama. Now he wasn't seven four. I think he was like, I think he was like seven feet. Um, mm-hmm. But he could handle like Katie. Like Katie's game style is literally like a copy of what Jonathan Bender's game style was. Jonathan Bender was just too frail. He, he, his body didn't last. And, and mm-hmm. that, I, I feel the exact same way about Wimbayama. Like, you know, he talented playing. You know, against foreign competition and all that, but the NBA right, right. level. Well, let me ask you real quick. Okay, so if you were like the GM or president of the NBA basketball team and your team got the number one overall pick in the draft, like, what would you do with that pick? If you weren't sold on Wimbayama, would you think about um, Scoot Henderson or think about trading it, or what would you do? The number one overall pick, I, I would trade yeah. down. I, I would trade down because then I could – it trading and it depends on who I who I am. So if I'm the GM of Charlotte, if I'm the GM of Charlotte, I'm telling Jordan right now. Um, Wimbayama is probably going to play the four. I would assume if he's seven foot four. I mean, that's like I'm listed as. I mean, you, you know, it's either a five or a four. Is he playing either? Yeah. So it's he, all rotations with that. So he's listed at 200, 209 pounds. Oh, I got socks heavier than him. <laughs> he listed at two hundred nine pounds, but let me let me With check. lighten ass. Let me check his official height real quick. All right, so he's seven three two oh nine, right? That's still that's that's that, that's, 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 that's that's too light. Porzingis wasn't even that light. Um, Kevin Durant wasn't even that light. Um, you know, so so if I was had, like two fifteen, if I was Charlotte. If I was Charlotte, and I would assume that Wimbayama is going to play the four, you have a young four that's only 20 years old in JT Thor, and JT Thor uh, is coming from where did he? Where the fuck did JT Thor go to school at? Um, um, shit. Um, I'll look him up. Uh, JT Thor went to. Um, 
Auburn. That's where JT Thor went to. Auburn. Um, but they got JT Thor. He's he can be he can be. I think I I like JT Thor. I think he can be all right. Um, they need to get the fuck away from PJ Washington. That, that, that's the other four. But if I'm Charlotte, <laughs> I would probably take Wimbayama for just, but not because he's the bona fide number one pick, but because he is seven foot three. He can shoot the ball, and in the league is a shooting league. I, yeah. and, and I, I probably would take him, but it's by default because you don't know at this moment. You don't know who's going to break out in college basketball yet. That's true. So, mm-hmm. so, 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 it's, so it's almost by default right now. Um, but I can make the argument that if I'm the GM of Charlotte, I trade the, and I have the number one pick. I trade the number one pick, and I go down to the number four or five pick because then I have, I can get enough because I have the number one pick and I'm trading it. I get a lot of capital. I can get the number four pick. I can get that team's second round pick or even the first for next year. And I can get an additional first for next year's pick. So, so, so that's really how you build, how you build up a team. Like, like if honestly, as far as young prospects, Oklahoma City is looking like a fucking genius right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I, I think I think it's next year. Oklahoma City has like six first round picks. Yeah, it's some crazy shit. So it's impressive six, collecting picks, bro. Yeah. So out of six, out of six, out of six first round picks, you got to think. All right, thirty three percent of those picks are going to hit to be something. Something that you can work with in a league, at least thirty-three percent of those, which means out of six two, of picks, two of them, two of them are going to hit. One of them might hit all-star level. The other one might hit borderline all-star level. The other four might be some critical role players down the stretch. I mean, that's not bad. And don't let them six picks all hit within the, oh. within the first within the first twelve picks. Because then OKC has half of the board in the first twelve picks. You know what I mean? So like OKC looking like OKC looking like a genius right now for all the picks uh, that that they got right now. So if I was Charlotte and I truly want to build around Lamelo Ball, I, I'm I'm signing Lamelo Ball to a long term contract. They should have all the money in the world because they shouldn't have no major players on their books. Um, I will sign Lamelo Ball to this long-term contract, and then it's building a competitor by trading the number one pick, um, assuming that they get it by trading the number one pick and, and getting additional assets. Uh, that, that's what I would do personally. That's that's mm-hmm. what I would do. Just okay. because I'm not I'm not sold on Wimbayama yet. Like, don't forget after after so this draft class Wimbayama is coming out, but don't forget the draft class after Wimbayama. Is Mikey Williams and Bronny and all of them? Mm-hmm. So, and you could probably pair those kind of talents up a whole lot better than you could with Wimbayama. Because I did take a look at JT Thor, and um, he has been playing in that role pretty well for Charlotte. Now, and they got when, Mark Williams. Mark Williams, the center yeah. from Duke last year. Yeah, I really, I, I like, I like Mark Williams coming out. His post. Discipline yeah. is extremely high. We we were going. You we don't were going, get that out of young bigs. We we were going to select Mark Williams, but he but he. Yeah, I thought we were. Us. I really thought we were. 
We that's talked about that draft, that, and I was like, "Yo, we get Mark Williams." Yeah, that's that's why we signed. That's why we signed Drummond because we couldn't get Mark Williams. So like mm-hmm. Mark, so like Mark Williams, they can use he's seven, he's seven feet tall. They could use him. They can put him at the four. You know, if they want to play Nick Richards or if they want to play Mason Plumley, who got bounced out the ass, or you know what I'm saying, like like you know what I'm saying, like Charlotte. Fuck, you get them legs from, bro. I don't know. Shit ain't his, fair. His brothers, his brothers, this shit. <clears throat> Yeah, the third Plumley, but Duke tried so hard to make him into a basketball player, and they just failed miserably. I was like, this dude is horrible. Why do you continue to embarrass yourself but, on a nightly basis? But, like, but stop. Here's, here's the thing, though. Corey, what would you do if you had the number one pick? I would take Wimbayama. Unless I felt like I could use that number one pick to give me like another a superstar from another team. If I couldn't do that, I'd probably draft him. Okay. I think I think I would. I think I would. What is your projection of Wimbayama? What do you think he's gonna be? Are you you think all star? You think superstar? Like what? What are you thinking? To me, his ceiling. I think, and I I agree with you about the weight thing, and like he he's definitely gonna have to put some put some weight on him because like seven three two oh nine. That's just you know. But I think I would be willing to gamble on that and get him in like a, a pro um, weight program, because I think at his, I think at his best, I think he could be a superstar with his height and with his skill set. I think, like I said, it's a shooting league. A guy like him can hit the three and do and block shots and do all those things. I I I would take a chance on because I think his ceiling is superstar. I think he can. Um, but like I said, I, I agree with you on the weight. I, I, he definitely needs to get, um, uh, uh, put some more weight on that frame because if not, then shoot, I don't want him being like a, a Chet Holmgren who I think he's out this whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's her. Um, but I think, I think for me, I think it would be too good for me to pass up, uh, pass him up. So I think I would probably take him number one. So I think he could be a superstar. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? We've been hearing about Wimbayama for two years now. Mm-hmm. Are you taking him number one because of the height? Because let's because let's be clear. Let's be clear. Wimbayama is not playing against NBA talent right now. He has not played against NBA talent mm-hmm. for the two for the two years that we've heard that we've heard about him. Right. So, like, are you taking are you taking him just because? There's a lot of no, there's a lot of notoriety. There's not a lot of notoriety about his about what he's done, or uh, or um, or how can I put it? I, I'm, are you would you would you take Wimbayama simply because you know who he is right now? I would take him number number one overall because of. His skill set, see his height, his measurables for me, that's just a plus. Like his skill set as it is, the way he can move, like the way he can shoot, the way he can block, the way he can handle the ball, the way he can dribble. Like to me, I would take him that. Like the height is what the the height and the length is what I guess stamps it for me. Because like you just watch like the way he moves, he doesn't move like a lumbering seven footer. Like he no. he he like he moves like he like he, he can move. Fluid. He's right, exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and so that is what um, 
I, I guess for me, that's the one thing that gives me some sort of um, that that won't make me hesitate from taking him number one, because I feel like for whatever reason, I don't feel like the injury risk for him is as great as we've seen other guys of similar build. only because, like I said, he's he moves very fluidly. Now, again, he's got to put some weight on, like for sure. But I feel I feel a little more comfortable with him than say I did um, uh, uh, Chet Holmgren last year's draft. Like I feel a little more comfortable with him based on his skill set, the way he moves and what he can do. So that's why I would take him number one. Like the 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 extra height, that's just a plus for me. But I I think he's worthy of being number one. Right, at least as of right now. Like March Madness hasn't happened, but for right now today, yes, I would take him for that for that reason, not the hype. I mean, mm. see, see, it's see, it's different. See, I, I don't. Wimbayama. I don't know if the hype about him is deserving. What I mean by that is, when you look at an international prospect like Luca, Luca was playing against professional NBA talent since the age of sixteen. Like like when Luca was playing when Luca was playing overseas, I forgot what his native country is. I forgot Lithuania. I, yeah, I forgot Slovenia. 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 Yeah. I forgot mm-hmm. I forgot the team, like the team in the league that he was playing for overseas though. Um I think it was Barcelona. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Real Madrid. Madrid. He was playing in Madrid? Mm-hmm. At least at one time he was. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, my whole point is when he was playing overseas before he ever got to the NBA, he was playing against guys like your Goran Dragic's, like not specifically Goran Dragic, but like guys like him who had who had previously been in the NBA. Like yeah. he he was playing against NBA level talent. Um, as a matter of fact, if I'm remembering correctly. Luca played against Amari Stoudemire overseas because Amari Stoudemire was um was playing for was playing for was it a Jewish was it a Jewish basketball league was it a Jewish team um I forgot which team which uh, uh, international team Amari Stoudemire was playing for but I think he played Luca when Luca like before Luca had got to the league. So like Luca had been playing NBA talent overseas. Wimbayama ain't done that. And so it's like if I have the number one pick, I'm taking Wimbayama pretty much off of hope. Yeah. I need more than hope. I need more than hope. Well, also if you're like a team that needs like some type of life injected in it, I can I can see you draft him for that reason too. Like because like even just the hype well, alone. Well, Charlotte, Charlotte doesn't fit that mold though. Cause they no, got for sure. Ball. Right, they for got, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know. I, I'm just not sold on Wimbayama. The same way I'm not sold on Chet Holmgren. I'm not, <clears throat> now, I'm probably not sold on Chet Holmgren for another reason that we don't have to talk about. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. y'all can figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm sold on Wimbayama. I, I need to, I need to, uh, see him I need to see him against NBA level talent like 
this is going to sound this is going to sound disrespectful, and I don't mean it to be dis- disrespectful. I don't mean to be disrespectful to Wimbayama at all. Who's the kid? Um, who's the kid with one arm? Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel. Um. Oh, the uh, small forward kid. Yes, Eman- His yeah. first name is Emmanuel. I can't think of his last name. Um, I'm, I'm gonna just Google him real quick. I'm pretty sure I can pull him up. Um. Um, a Emmanuel. Oh, uh, Hansel Emmanuel. That's what it is. Han- yeah, Hansel Emmanuel. Hold I, on. Hold on. Wait, time out. Real, real quick. This about sounds so fucked up. Please hold on to your thought, Mike. Okay. His parents are some assholes. Read that man. That. Read that man first name one more time. Hansel Emmanuel. Say his first name bro, one more time. Killer, don't do this, bro. Don't do this, man. <laughs> I didn't do this. His goddamn parents did it. Y'all some assholes. Mike, continue on with your thought, please. Nah, bro. Them please. parents are assholes. <laughs> How you do that to your son? Why you do that to him? Look, like, well, you saw him and was like, we're still giving you his name. Look, all I all I know. It won't like he had the other one at any point. All, look, all I know, all Saw I know. Saw one, it was like Hansel. <sighs> look, this, this all I know. First of all, he Dominican, so I ain't gonna talk about his people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, I'm just look, saying. Look, you can be a Dominican asshole too. Um, but look, check this out. Check this out. Let me, let me finish it. Let me finish this thought before I lose my train of thought. Y'all know how I get. Um, I, I have more. I think I have more faith. In Hansel Emanuel, than I do when Bayama. I, I like let, let me let me be clear when I say this. I don't think Hansel Emanuel is going to the league. What I'm saying is I believe that if Hansel Emanuel had um both of his limbs, for lack of because I'm not trying to be disrespectful, um, but mm-hmm. if he if he had two arms and two hands and was playing basketball, oh, I think he would be better than Wimbayama. That is how much, that is how much faith I don't have in Wimbayama. I I am not, I I am, I am so unsure on Victor Wimbayama that I have more confidence in the game of Hansel Emanuel. Hansel Emanuel, I've seen him play in the Drew League against other pro talent. I have never seen Wimbayama play against any pro talent. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he hasn't. I'm just saying I haven't seen it. Yeah. And so and so that that's what I'm saying. I know Wimbayama's probably gonna go number one because he's the big name. Every year there's always a big name. Um and I'm not saying he's not deserving to go number one. I'm just saying that I don't know. I I, I just don't know about him. Mm-hmm. I got you. Um, and then when I look at the future draft classes, like the one after Wimbayama with Mikey Williams and Bronny, and it's not just those two, because they talk about Bronny's going to be, it's projected to be a late first, uh, second round pick. Um, but there are some other dudes in that class, and you and we about to know their names real soon. Like, it's not just it's not just Mikey Williams. So, I, like, that draft class might be loaded. So I might, to answer your question, I might be willing to trade that pick. Okay. 
Yeah, I gotta see who stays from this from this class in college. Like we're currently watching the Kansas Duke game as well. Um, turns turns out that this game is actually pretty damn good. Um, so that kind of answers our other question. Uh, we asked each other earlier as well. Um, we want to know how serious Duke is. I was like, well, we're about to find out because they got to play Kansas. Um, I think this Duke team Trash. is probably not. Nah, this Duke team, I think, has the potential to be better than the team from last year. Uh, no, they, no, they, I don't think they got that potential. They ain't got Coach K. Trash. Trash. I'm, I'm just joking. I don't know. I don't know this coach from a camp. John Shire, you know exactly who the hell John Shire is. John Shire. I don't I don't know him as a basketball coach. Let me let me say that. All right. He did fill in for Coach K a few times. Um filling and, in and well, those filling games. in and taking his place <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean I, clearly replacing the man is not is not anywhere near remotely easier. But once you step onto that court, if you're the head coach, you're calling that game, I don't think you'll call a game any differently as an interim coach or as a head coach. Holistically, I wouldn't change a single decision I would make just because of my title. So, if you can coach the game of basketball, you can coach the game of basketball. I think he can coach <laughs> the game of basketball, but that's still yet to be seen. Can he put it all the way together? So, people, just let y'all know, we also talk college hoops too. Just a quick little slide over there. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I, get I, will, I, will tell, I will tell you this about Duke. Duke got how many players on their roster? Let me see. Uh, they got they got at least at least 12, 13 players on their roster. Out of they whole out of they whole roster, I guarantee you, only one of them gonna go to the league and be a good role player, cause they do not produce no good pro talent. And I'm looking at a dude, whoever number thirty is for Duke, he looked like a splitting a spitting image of Christian Leitner, somebody <laughs> who a bum that somebody he dribbling the ball up the floor right now. And he just made a layup. He yeah, he reminded me of Christian Layton, somebody who looked like they're gonna be a Duke legend and gonna suck in basketball when they get to yeah. the league. It's crazy because the only thing I remember Christian Layton for outside of Duke was playing for the Atlanta Hawks. And oh, you only reason remember, oh you don't remember Christian Layton in Washington? Oh my God, you missed a oh. tragic time. Christian Layton in Washington. Christian Layton in Washington might be one of the biggest bums I've ever seen on a basketball floor. <laughs> And I've seen a lot of basketball. Y'all know I have. I've I've watched Kwame Brown. I don't know if I don't. I might take <laughs> I might take Kwame Brown over Christian Leitner. Oh my gosh, bro! Kwame you know Brown. Kwame Brown's career was longer. <clears throat> Kwame Brown. At least he was going to get you six fouls. At least he was a body <laughs> you could put in there to be like Kwame. Kwame, they beating our ass right now. I need you to foul him, and I need you to foul him hard. Kwame could at least do that. Christian Leitner, Christian Leitner, Christian Leitner. Oh my God, Christian Leitner was such. It was so trash, so trash. Gosh, I remember those Washington days vividly. vividly. The only reason why I remember Christian Leitner on the Hawks, and this is the only reason why, is that my dad used to pick the Atlanta Hawks on <clears> NBA <throat> Live '98, and I remember him being the power forward for them. That is all. He never touched the ball because my dad hates Duke with, with every fiber of his being. So he was only shooting with Mookie Blaylock and grabbing rebounds and getting put back with so Dikembe Mutombo. That is all he was trying to do. Hey, you know what? Speaking of Christian Layton, I got an idea. At the end of the show, I got a mm-hmm. game. I got a game. Oh, now, let's, let's go ahead and move to it. I, 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 got, I got a game. Are we moving to the end of the show right now? Yeah, yeah let's go ahead and do that. Oh, are we good on time today? 
Mm-hmm. We, we good on time. All right. So I got a game. Each one of us, this game is called, this game, I don't even know what the title is, but what we're going to do, each one of us are going to think of the most disappointing basketball player we've ever seen. So you know, so you know how we got the game, how we got the the off the sticks, gaming Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Well, we got the off the sticks Hall of Shame. Oh, nice. <laughs> and this is and, and killer. I knew I knew you would like this because this gives you the opportunity to really rag people. Now, killer, I know this is not quite the you know the top five biggest scandals in sports, but I know this is so. <laughs> It's close enough. <laughs> and let's be clear, it wasn't just scandals, it was sexual scandals. I said, there you go. Thank you. So, Thank you for the so we're gonna so we're gonna, <laughs> so we're gonna go over the most disappointing basketball players we've ever seen. And so Killer, who do you have as the most disappointing basketball player? Or that's 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 a a poor way to put it. Who do you have that you're putting in the Hall of Shame? Hall of Shame, most disappointing. Oh man, boy! As soon as you said it, my brain went straight to Michael Sweetney. Um, Oh my god! Oh my! It went straight to him, but he ain't the biggest disappointment. Is it Eddie Curry? Bruh, I swear to God, honestly, I w- I wasn't high on him or Chandler coming out. I was like, why are we getting rid of Elton Brand for this shit? Yeah. yeah I-, I was hurt when we traded Elton Brand. Um, God, bro, this is so such a deep-ass question to ask because there's so many guys who were started off really promising and then turned into disappointments. I'm looking at guys like in, um, What's my boy for the for the um for the magic? Who um was it Nick Scott? Who? He was a shooting guard for the for the um magic when they went to the finals against the um Oh Dennis uh three uh, D. Yeah. Not not Dennis Scott. It was the shooter. Not it wasn't Dennis. That was Dennis Scott. Nick, it was Nick Scott. I promise you it was a guy named Nick Nick something. Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. Nick, oh, the Nick, one who missed the free Nick, throws. Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. As soon okay. as he missed them free throws, that man was neutered. <laughs> like I have never seen a fall off so goddamn hard. Like yeah, other missed, people, other people's more fall off free throws. Yeah, and and dude was like, all of a sudden I forgot what the game of basketball even is. Like smooth, he was like the dude from Space Jam crawled up his nose and just stole all of his talent from then forward. He caught the yips. Yeah. That's crazy though. Miss four in a row. And thing is, if they win that game, I have them beating Houston. Cause that you're playing four on five the remainder of the series. That's why you got swept. Look, man. So are you putting Nick Anderson in the most disappointed players? Hall of Shame? <laughs> I want to, but it's like it's so because I can hey, put look, I can put other players in there like we can do this every Tuesday. You it, you can put Nick Anderson in there, somebody else in there next week. You know what? Yeah, I'm putting Nick Anderson in there, man. I got to. I got All to. All right, Corey, who you got going in the Hall of Shame? All right, 
I got this. And so killer, so killers, um, killer putting Nick Anderson in there, it really sprung something in my mind. And it really springs from the that uh hold on, did, did the Houston Rockets did the was the Magic? I forgot who did they play in the 94 95 finals? It was the it Magic. Was the Knicks and the Magic. Okay, so this ties in with the Magic. Okay. My the person I'm inducting into the Off the Sticks Hall of Shame this week is former, or he's most known for his time with the Houston Rockets, those same Houston Rockets, Vernon Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Vernon Maxwell, remember, he quit the team oh, before, right. before they played the Orlando because he got upset because Clyde Drexler, because that, that's when they traded for Clyde Drexler. Mm-hmm. And Clyde, <laughs> he, and Clyde he Drexler... He took a lot of his men and a lot of his shots, and he got he got so pissed off that he left the team. And Kenny Smith and all those guys are like, "Man, don't leave!" But and he left, and he never got that second ring. Damn. And so, but that decision, oh. I'm gonna go. Vernon Maxwell could have been a two time NBA champion, but quit quit mid season or mid playoff run. So that's a boneheaded move. So Vernon uh. Maxwell. It's a smooth business each, boy. That is a business each move, bro. Like, All I right. forgot he even did that shit. Like, you, he really became inconsequential. So yeah. I am putting his black the- life did not matter because of that decision. Jesus Christ, killer! <laughs> God damn, killer! <laughs> Golly! All right, look, oh, off, the sticks, funny, off the sticks, Hall of Shame. I got one that beats both of y'all. Mm-hmm. Who you got, got for us? Um, y- y'all, y'all, it's not Christian Leitner. It's not Kwame Brown. It's not who y'all. It, y'all don't have this. Y'all, this person doesn't even cross y'all mind. In Bocos. Nope. <laughs> not not, not Hoe not ho Coles. Nope. Taribo Uwawa. Nope. The person who is going into the Off the Sticks Hall of Shame for me, Juan Dixon. Oh, Juan wow. Dixon. Oh. Juan Dixon. Juan you, Dixon. Maryland University, boy. University of Maryland national champion. The only national championship that the University of Maryland has ever had. I was a fan of his in Maryland, Juan, boy. Juan Dixon was also the national player of the year. He was drafted, I think, number three overall. And what did he do? I think he played a total of about four years. Dang. He was my guy in college. I love me some Juan Dixon University yep. of Maryland. He was my guy. Yeah. I always who... thought Steve Blake was the better guard between the two of them, but yo, he was the, a dog. The fact that Juan Dixon's career – the fact that Steve Blake lasted longer than Juan Dixon and had more success is a fucking shame. Steve Blake started more games than I think um, Juan Dixon played. Yep. From from Baltimore, Maryland. Played for the University of Maryland. Got drafted by the Washington Wizards. All, <laughs> all, all, hometown, all hometown type shit. And this, and this man, I was about to I look, I look, Corey, I watched myself. This man, <laughs> this man was trash. And I don't yeah. even I don't even know if he was trash because of talent. Like I'm trying to remember, did he get hurt too much? Like what the fuck happened? Yeah, man. That's a good one. 
That is, I forgot all about him. Speaking of Juan Dixon, killer. I hate to bring this up. Speaking of Juan Dixon, apparently. I remember he passed. No, he didn't pass. That wasn't him? Juan Dixon is still alive. No, wasn't there a guard from there that died recently? From Maryland? Yeah. It ain't Juan Dixon. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what Juan Dixon did not do. Apparently, Juan Dixon did not, or apparently Juan Dixon has been accused of not reporting sexual assault at Coppin State University. So his name is in the headlines for not reporting a sexual assault incident. You wanted to talk about scandals. Ooh, I got another one too. Oh, that reminds me, I got another mm-hmm. guy for next week. Damn, here we go. Here we all talking about scandals. I'll be there. See, Killer, you know, manifested this shit. Yep. Now it's all Killer, 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 Killer don't put this a, shit on the map. Killer don't put sex interesting, scandals on the map. It's an interesting map. fucking topic because the only reason why uh, it's interesting because you think about it, how many of these dudes would still be in headlines if it wasn't for putting their penis in wrong places? Gee, Killer, golly, man. You got to use the word allegedly. You got to say allegedly. Unless you're talking about Isaiah Thomas. That's exactly where the fuck I was going. No, no, Isaiah Thomas did it. Like, like that. Yeah, that, he did that's, that shit. That's proof. Oh, Brett Favre. He did that shit and some oh, more shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that was that's an illegal motherfucker. Joe Namath wanting to kiss hoes on the sideline. Ooh. I want to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about the team struggling. I don't care about the team struggling. Yo, you heard the song they made on that shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah bro, oh, I yeah. swear to Yo, that right there is top five greatest sports clips of all time for me. I fucking love that shit. He didn't give two squirts of piss about anything else. He just looked at, what was it? Was it Holly Rowe? Who was the sideline reporter? I, I think that was who it was. Yeah. Either Holly uh, Rowe or Aaron Andrews. It was one of the two because it was back when Aaron Andrews was doing everything for ESPN, but I can't really remember if that was her or not. It might have been Aaron Andrews. I mean, bro was looking at her like, I'm ready to risk it all, baby, in front of everybody. Like, that right there, that was some ballsy shit. When you really look at it now, that was ballsy as hell. It's like, I want to kiss you. I don't care about the team struggling. And then when you see after he said that, right? Was, 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 was it Susie Colber? Susie Colber. I, it was one of those, it was one of the ones who's like all who was always on TV at that point. Like yeah. every game she was like the sideline report. Every major <laughs> game she she was yeah. she was on that. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think Holly Rowe is the new chick that does it, right? It was Susie Colber. It was Susie it was Susie Colbert. Colbert. Susie yeah. Colbert. So Holly Rowe's the, the newer chick who does it. Okay, but um that to me was probably one of the better ones as far as like a story where I could laugh about it. Um, Brett Favre shit was traumatizing. Yeah, facts. That yeah. one, and then um, the NFL Network crew. Anyone remember oh, that? Oh yes, that that pretty much the only. It, they were only one host didn't do anything, and he was the yeah. only. I God, I do not want to say what I was about to say, so I'm just gonna say he was the only non candidate for any type of inclusion into that if you really catch what I'm saying right there. I'm trying to PC the fuck out of what I really wanted to say, Corey. So I remember that because it's rare that you got pretty much a whole the whole that's set. crazy. Bruh. All right, all three of us are in fraternities. That's like someone banging you and all your line brothers. Like 
and then only one of them's left out. Well, hold on now. Because hold I was on a line now. of five, bro. And hold on now. Let, let me, if let one me. chick ran four of us, you best believe the fifth one might, might as well go ahead and give a damn yeah. shot. I don't know if I don't, I don't know if this conversation should go off the air at this point, but I will say this, and I'm gonna say this on the air. I'm gonna say this: if there's a shorty, and when I mean that, I, I should I should probably talk proper. If there's a woman that is involved with some folks on the line. And ain't nobody mad about it. Hey, shit. Hey, look. Just keep this shit going if she cool with it. I'm look. I I'm just saying. And let's not act like that shit don't happen. That's hundred percent true. I mean, shit. Keep look at how long the whole email Doka thing went on. He was about to talk. All right, that. all right, all right. All right. We gotta get up. No, no, no. We gotta get off email Doka before I start talking about Nia Long. We got, we gotta get, we gotta get off. Yeah, I I understand. I'm just saying it was consensual. Um. <laughs> I mean, you see, you see what I mean? Oh yeah, as long as it's consensual, ain't nothing wrong. I'm, I'm just saying, take a look at the conversation we just had. Do you see how interesting that shit was? All I know is Bre- everything Brett Favre touches traumatizing everything. Yeah, bro, it's looking that way. Bro, sure, I, I, looking think, that I think way. because I think because he took that money and now we know about it. That's the reason why the Green Bay Packers suck right now. I, I promise you that. Like it, it, he has cursed that franchise himself. Like he, he, also, he, he, he sniper also, cursed that damn franchise. He also has cursed Wrangler jeans because don't nobody buy them. Nah, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. If I'm going to buy me some jeans, like some country boy jeans, I'm taking my ass straight to Tractor Supply. <laughs> my man about to get the jeans that smell like sawdust. <laughs> You damn skip bro. Do you have any idea how much um how much like construction work I am doing now, bro? I, I have no need to say I'm college educated in about four months. I've been doing that much wood cutting, brick laying. I don't bro, I don't made a door. Hey, all I know is tractor supply got tons of fucking dog food. They do, bro. And they, they don't got them little like grocery store bags. They got them industrial. Uh, you don't you raising a Michael Vick clinic. They, at your they damn the, house. They got the they got the bulk joints that Costco don't even got. Ain't like it, it's at least fifteen pounds shorter. Oh yeah, easy, easy. Oh, that's a blocking file. <clears throat> 15, 15 pounds easy. They call that a charge, bro. Get out of here. Yeah. On on this episode of Off the Sticks, y'all did get a shortened a, a sh- not a shortened episode because we still been going for almost two hours, but yeah, y'all got a sh- y'all got a shorter episode than our last seven episodes, and we're not mad about it at all. Um, uh, nope. <laughs> we're not mad about it at all. But y'all also <laughs> got y'all also got some football coaching stuff. Y'all got sex scandal talk. Y'all got embarrassing ass players talk. Y'all got uh, I mean, hey, th- I feel like this was a very versatile show that we just did. Yep, Vers- yep. a versatile show full of shit talking. And then what we wanted. Yeah, I mean, and and Corey, we we did it, we did this for the most part with no violation of our language. That's a good point. <laughs> and this is the second show in a row because last week, last week I don't think you had any complaints either. No. So this is our second show in a row where we ain't crossed no line for real. Mm-hmm. I did say some off the wall. I did say some off the wall. Funny shit. Quit while you ahead, killer. <laughs> Quit while you ahead, please. <laughs>
quit while you were ahead. And there is some dude on Cal Flipowski. Yeah. There's some there's some dude on Duke who he looked like he looked like he shouldn't even be playing basketball. He looked like he need to be uh number fifteen. Yeah, number fifteen. <laughs> if y'all have y'all, y'all ever have y'all seen the, the movie Into the Woods? Yes. He looked like he need to be the baker. That's what he, he's the baker. He's the baker. He looked like he don't need to touch a basketball. Number fifteen, number fifteen on Duke looked like he traveled every time he get the ball. My man looked like the only reason he there is to look after number thirty. He, oh no, number fifteen, number fifteen on Duke look like he's the State Farm salesman. He looked like he sell car insurance. Matter of fact, no, no, I take it back. He looked like he one of them dudes who be going door to door trying to sell you a vacuum cleaner. Dude, I'll be honest with you. If my last name was Roach, I wouldn't put that on the back of no jersey. This bro. man missed an easy ass layup. Number fifteen. Who did fifteen? Oh yeah, bro, fifteen cheeks, bro. He asked. He like asked. he he's third plumber, bro. Like, <laughs> yo, then, that's good, yo. And then they got number thirty, the Christian Leighton dude. What's his name? Flipakowski or some like, shit. Yeah, he got a name that I don't want on the back of a jersey. Either. He he got a name to sound like he don't do. He ain't talented at nothing except cartwheels. Bro, no, nah, your, your boy name is legitimately like. You remember like when you playing like college football or something? And they just auto generate names. Yeah. <laughs> like his last name was auto generator, bro. He there ain't nobody else with that yeah. goddamn last name. Yeah. Number one overall is uh Taribo Uwawa. Number two overall is Flipakowski. <laughs> bro, Taribo Uwawa is a fucking legend. Let's get that. Let's go ahead and knock that in there right yeah, there. Let, look, I'm in I'm in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm in the playoffs in, in my league now. So the draft should be happening after I win this NBA championship. Yeah, I just did my small four build this morning, so I'm gonna um, play around with that. Yeah. Oh, oh, we cannot end the show without two things. Is he a Hall of Famer? Oh yeah. And Corey's update on Harry Potter. Oh, true. We, we, we got cannot, time. We cannot. We cannot end the show just yet. So, is he a Hall of Famer? Let's see who I can whip up. In the kitchen today. Oh, um, real quick, Buck Showalter got his um, finally got his uh, manager of the year. Well, mm-hmm. damn deserved. Good job, yeah. Buck. Cool, cool. Let's see. Let's see. Um, huh? Is he a <clears throat> Hall of Famer? Do I want to go with basketball? Do I want to stick with? Football. We've been doing football a little too much here recently. Um, do I want to go baseball? I was just thinking, if you do baseball, that'll be a do first. I want mm. to go. Do I want to go? FC. Oh man. Oh, by the way, UFC. Uh, rest in peace to to Rumble Johnson. Corey, yeah. you know I, you, you Corey, you know I fuck with Rumble hard, yo. I fuck with Rumble cuz knock artists, man, like Man, this was uh like uh this was a, a sad thing. Mike, why are you looking up a thing? I can just kind of talk real quick about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, facts. Go ahead. Um uh, yeah, this was this was a sad thing, man, because his situation was similar to um Chadwick Boseman in the sense that um 
he battled silently. Uh, he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, dang, man, he was just um, definitely one of the most exciting fighters um, of our time. I, I, I think easily I would say he's the best. Um, he's the best fighter to have never won a UFC world title. Like he was always right there at the door. Um, but he came through like in the John Jones era and whatnot. But man, it was just just um incredibly sad to hear about Rumble. Um hell of a fighter. The like the world is gonna miss him. Like uh dang the most, man. The, the most important thing about his career, and it might be more important than winning a title. Rumble Johnson was Rumble Johnson was respected amongst oh. everybody. There was there was there's not one fighter in the UFC past or present that does not respect what Rumble Johnson did. Like Absolutely. how he performed, what his fights were. Like there's the Rumble Johnson had no like arch nemesis. He had no he had no other competitors that like hated him or anything like that there's yeah. a there's a certain there's a certain level like when, when you're talking about like combat sports there's a certain level um to me that goes above um that goes above like championships um in the ufc like bones jones is going to be defined by championships because quite frankly let's be real bone jones ain't really the greatest person yeah um, you know what i'm saying and in, in, in for, for for record, he's the greatest fighter, the greatest UFC fighter of all time to me. But anyway, even without the cocaine. But anyway, um, See, he guys, was raw with guys, the cocaine. That's crazy. Yeah, facts. But but Rumble Johnson, guys like Rumble Johnson, um, Forrest Griffin, like they did not need to win championships for you to understand the impact that they had on the sport. Yeah. Like like. That 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 is that's just what I remember remember about Rumble Johnson's career is like every fight was fucking entertaining. Um, essentially, he he was like a light heavyweight, right? Yeah, light heavyweight, light heavyweight. Yeah. See, to me, Rumble Johnson was like the light heavyweight version of Nate Diaz. Mm. Like like respected. He he never had no championships. But you knew when you got in the ring with him, whether you was a champion or not, you had to bring your A fucking game. Cause Rumble, cause Rumble Johnson was one of them dudes where he wasn't gonna cheat you in none of his fights. No, you don't get the name. You don't get the name Rumble for nothing. That's yeah, that's yeah. a that's a, a nickname that that was aptly applied. Cause that's what his fights were. Highly entertaining. Yeah. And you know, just just sad, bro. Just sad. What's, what what's the what's the greatest Rumble Johnson fight that you that you've uh, that you? Oh man. The John Jones one was good. Um, I know there's another one before. I, I know I feel like he competed. Did he go to distance with uh, Bones? I, yeah, he did. Yeah, I thought that so, was a yeah. tough fight. That was a tough fight for John Jones. That wasn't no that wasn't no cake cakewalk for John Jones. Yeah. Um, he had a hell of a heck of a fights in uh, Bellator also because he left yeah. the UFC, went to Bellator, then came back to the UFC, but. I'm trying to think of one. I know he he I know he's had some spectacular knockouts. He's had some incredible knockouts in his career. I don't know which which one I would say is the best, but yeah, um I guess see 
I remember, I remember, um, I'm trying to think. I remember the, the I remember the, the DC hit the fights with him in DC. Cause mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted him to beat Cormier ass, but Cormier submitted him twice. Um, I'm trying to think what's like the one Rumble Johnson fight that was like, you know what? Cause Corey, you you put me on, you put me on the UFC like when we first like when we became when we was like roommates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Rumble Johnson fight against Kevin Burns? I do remember that. That was like a <laughs> UFC uh, fight night. Yes, yes. It was. Um, as a matter of fact, it was the second fight because the first fight, if I remember correctly. Um, Rumble Johnson suffered an eye injury, and so Burns won by TKO because mm-hmm. because uh, Rumble got an eye injury. But that second fight, that second fight, which was the same year, um, it was that it was uh, the what was it? The Ultimate Fighter. Remember, it was. Uh, I'm looking it up now. It was that Team Nogueira versus Team uh, Mir. Mir. Yeah, 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 Mir. yeah. Um, so it was it was the ulti- it was the ultimate fighter. Um, it was that it was that ma- that main event in Vegas and in the um, Kevin Burns fight, the second one. Rumble Johnson got the knockout the knockout of the night. That's the one like I remember that fight. You know what I'm saying? That's how yeah. big that uh, that's how big that knockout was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that head kick. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and shit, I like he. So at, he he only fought one Bellator fight, which was uh, which was last year in May. Last Damn, year, so last year, yeah, twenty twenty one, May seventh, twenty twenty one. So I'm like, yo, this cancer, he must have found out about this, like like when it already like <clears throat> wow. accelerated or something, because. Yeah, so I know September of last year, he put up a post on Instagram talking about um, he was really going through something. No, he was very nervous, but he, he said he needed all the prayers and whatnot. Um, yeah. So like we, so like people knew, like we didn't, like nobody knew exactly what he was dealing with, like publicly, but they knew it was something. And then uh, yeah, he just passed um, a few days ago. So yeah, man, just uh, yeah, he was he was dealing he was dealing with something for a while. So uh, yeah, that's man, that's why that's yeah. why we always be saying check on your people, yo. Mm-hmm. Yo, yeah. real talk. Um... I'm gonna just like break this conversation up real quick. This little white boy for Kansas is fucking balling. Who you talking about? Number four. I do not want to say his last name. What's his last name? Jack off or something? It, close enough. Oh, his last name is Dick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I said Jack off, I really was joking. I really was joking. I, 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 I wasn't trying to make fun of the man. I really was joking. But his last name really is Dick. Mm-hmm. And he's stroking him. Too. That's the crazy part. Bro, I don't want to hear about Dick stroking through. I don't want to hear about that. I can't right now, bro. I swear to God. Bruh. Bruh, this dude is killing the ass, bro. Yeah, I don't I don't want to. I, I can imagine the pickup lines to, to, to the girls like, yeah, yeah, you know, they don't, my last name ain't dick for nothing. And you ever had, no, you know Like, it's crazy, like, bro, if my last name was that, bro, and I'm telling you, I'd be terrible as a human. Yeah. yeah. And one, let's go. Lose, dude. 
Oh, your, your TV behind me. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, bro. Um, but, but, yeah, Killer, do you got any Rumble Johnson memories? Like... The Bones fight. The Bones 100%. 100%, 100% the Bones fight. Because back then, you didn't take Bones to Destiny. You don't. I'm trying to to think. He knocks you out or he gets knocked out. His fights don't go the distance. What year did he fight John Jones? 2017? No, that was Cormier. So he, I know he fought Cormier twenty fifteen. I know he fought Cormier twice. Yeah. So yeah, Cormier, so, Cormier, so, so Cormier, Cormier two was in twenty seventeen. Cormier two was uh was Rumble Johnson's last UFC fight. In twenty seventeen. In twenty seventeen. So it happened like twenty fourteen then. I'm trying to think. Um, let me look this up. Goodness. Hmm. See, Andrew, Did that fight not happen? Andrew Johnson. It was supposed to happen. Was it around the time that John Jones was getting in all that goddamn trouble? You know what? Has I to think be. I think y'all are talking about the twenty it might have been John Jones getting in trouble because they did have a um a pay-per-view press conference where both of them was about to fight each other at the press conference. Yeah, and that, that all was, turned out to be a prank. Yeah, that that was that was 2017. That was 2017. Okay. So you could be thinking about that one, and I think that might have been during a time where Bones was kind of on some shit with, dealing with no dealing with his suspensions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he I th- he might have like settled. For the for the DC fight, like DC might have been a replacement for the Bones fight. You know, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know which one I think the Gust Gustafson fight. It was the UFC on Fox. Yeah, Gustafson. That, Gustafson. That, I remember that fight too. That was a great fight. That, yeah, that was that was a great fight. That was a great fight. fight. If I remember correctly, he kept tagging like Gustafson. Rumble Johnson was beating him the fuck up. Yeah, like, he beat him. Mm-hmm. Rumble, Rumble was giving him them hands. Yeah, that's it. First round TKO, yeah. which was shocking because like Gus, Gus, Gustafson was no slouch. Like nah. he was, he was the real deal, and he beat nah. him in the first round. Yeah. Okay, so for the sake of the argument, we already know who we're talking about. Is Rumble mm-hmm. Johnson a UFC Hall of Famer? Dude, I'm gonna go yes. I'm gonna go yes. Are you saying that just because he died? Oh, man. No. I'm saying that because had we been years removed from his career, I would still feel the same way about it. He so this is hard. So he will go down as one of the all time biggest fan favorites in MMA history. Yep. Um easily, like easily one of the all time best fan favorites. So it's and like he didn't win a world title, but his career was never defined by that. Look, uh, all, all look, this is what I'm gonna say. 23 and 6 record of his 23 wins, 17 of them was by way of knockout. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Nap time, baby. Oh, man. He's going to lay him down. Gosh, man, because it's like. Put a black eye on your body. It's hard because the MMA Hall, the UFC Hall of Fame is so tough. Um, I want to put him in there. Like if if he had like a significant rival or a significant moment, then that would probably push him over the edge for me. But right now, it's very borderline because oh man, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So for me, so for me, I think I think he is a fighter that's. I think he's a fighter that uh, is going to be very hard to forget, especially within the next decade, because, you know, have fans like us who, like, remember him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I would put him in the Hall of Fame because of three losses. He lost to Vitor Belfort. Mm -hmm. And he he lost to Daniel Cormier twice. If he would have won those three fights, I would say he was a Hall of Famer, especially the DC fights, because Daniel Cormier, Daniel Cormier is one of the greatest UFC fighters ever. If he would have if he would have beat DC at least one of those times, I would have said yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but because he lost to Daniel Cormier twice and he lost to Vitor Belfort, I don't know if I could put him in the Hall of Fame. Um I will say Rumble Johnson is one of the greatest knock artists we've never seen, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> I, I While we're talking MMA, guys, I had me thinking about Kimbo Slice for a little bit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He ain't no I believe, Nah, I believe he would have been a better boxer than MMA fighter. Probably right. Yeah. The thing is, Kimbo, Kimbo didn't like... Uh, padded contact. He was used to backyard brawling. UFC is the closest thing to backyard brawl. Honestly, I think Kimbo would have been better at Bellator. He would have been better with like it it sucks to say this, but lesser talent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, But Brock only fought four matches. Rest in peace, Anthony Joshua. And, And real quick, real quick, Corey, we the Izzy fight happened over the weekend. Oh yes! Did you see it? I we sure got, did. We gotta, we gotta, got his shit split. We gotta, we gotta talk about the Izzy fight. Um, <sighs> what was your, what was your feeling over the fight? Like, do you think this dude? Like, I know this is the third time Izzy done lost to this dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first two is when they was amateurs, like in kickboxing. yeah, kickboxing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, do you think that like this dude is Izzy's kryptonite? Ooh boy! So I, I, so I never saw like their kickboxing battles. But watching this fight, it's so crazy because if you watch that fight, clearly Izzy was the better fighter. He was the more talented fighter. He was in better control of the fight. Overall, the better MMA fighter. But in that fifth round, he did the one thing you could not do. He put his back up against the fence, and that's when Alex Pereira just started teeing off, and he hurt him. Like... The game plan that Izzy had going into that fifth round was perfect. And he almost, like, if if if, if there was just a couple more seconds left on that, that round, he would have ended it in the first round. He would, Izzy yeah, would have no, ended yeah, it in the first round. He's easily, easily. And so if he just had a couple more seconds, that, you know. But 
I thought Izzy controlled the fight well, but just in that fifth round, he just made that one mistake and he allowed himself to get cornered and Pereira, Pereira hurt him. And is he his kryptonite? I mean, shoot. As of right now, it's crazy because I don't think Alex Pereira is a better fighter than Izzy, but you, you've beaten that man now three times and you are by far the least experienced when it comes to MMA you, he's the least experienced fighter is he's ever fought yep. and shoot man like that do you think Izzy gets his belt back if I think I, I say yes and I think <clears throat> I would be me personally I would be shocked if there's not an automatic rematch just because of the way the fight went down like I said Izzy pretty much controlled that fight and he was winning that fight and then just that last that that one moment, that's when he got taken out. So I would be shocked. And also, too, like if, if well, I'll say this. If Izzy had gotten dominated, then no, there wouldn't be an automatic rematch. But the fact, the, the way the fight happened, the way it did. Izzy and, dominating. Right, exactly. That, plus the fact that, you know, the middleweight division has been cleaned out, had been cleaned out by Izzy. Now you can make it the argument down now, Pereira can make it more interesting with other fighters. But, like, to me, I'd be hard to see how the UFC wouldn't go the automatic rematch route. I think Izzy gets the automatic rematch. I think that fight happens, was this November? So, probably, I'd say maybe February, March, I can see that fight happening again. I, I So, I, I think Izzy gets the belt back. I think he'll return. <clears throat> and I, I think he'll see the mistake that he made in this fight. So, yeah, man, but that's tough, man. That's no, I didn't see that coming. I thought I thought Izzy was going to smoke this dude. But that, that that's that's the fight game. Yeah, I, I Izzy Izzy frustrated me. Izzy frustrated me. Uh, Killer, did you see the fight? I didn't. I didn't. What Only because my life is. Yeah, my life was crazy on Saturday. Okay, but yeah, Saturday and Sunday. So, I I Izzy frustrated me because, like, I felt like he was trying to do too much. He had the fight one. All you had to do was throw your jabs and move. Throw your jabs and move. Like, all you had to do was just play for the win. But, see, to me, I, to me, it came off the, the fight. And, Corey, I, I, may, I don't know. Maybe, you, maybe you'll see what I'm talking about after I say it. But, to me, it came off as if. Izzy was trying to prove to us, the fans, that he can that he could like dominate this dude who he lost to previous times. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like it's almost like if somebody beats you, like <laughs> like all right, we used to play we used to play basketball on campus every Saturday morning. If now y'all know me, if we mm-hmm. lost to if we lost to Dre and Griff. And Larry and them boys, because those is like our arch rivals hooping, right? Mm-hmm. If we lost to them two times, when we ran that third game back, me, I know I'm going nuts. Give me the ball. I'm yo, I'm going nuts. Like I cause now I feel like I got something to prove. Like y'all done got me, y'all done got the best of me twice. I'm coming for y'all ahead in this third fight. So I got something to prove. That's how I felt like Izzy was uh, was uh, fighting. And for me, I'm like, your point would have been made if you would have just played for the win. Instead, he was trying to toy around with this dude and, like, he was trying to, like, 
bob and weave his head, almost taunting the dude until he got chin checked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, he got he got chin checked and, and, then, and then it was like then it was it was downhill from there and so like that frustrated me now and it's something it's something with these it's something with the with with the Nigerians right now because Kamaro Usman did the same exact thing. Yeah, I was about to I was about to say that Usman Kamar- pissed me off for that same Kamar- move. Kamaru Usman and, and the thing is Usman Izzy and Frank Naganu they all like boys like they all homies you know what I'm saying. Yeah, Izzy and Usman did the exact same thing, and both of them lost. They was instead of staying away, instead of playing for the win, knowing that you had the fight in the books because you dominated the whole fight. Instead of doing that, they kept attacking, kept attacking, kept attacking, and then they want to bob and weave and play with these dudes, and then they got chin checked, and it was a wrap. Usman got kicked in the face, bro. Ain't nothing more disrespectful than that. I, I, he got punted and was like, bro, he lost only because of one kick. I said, bro, it's a let, fight. Let's, let, let's be I clear. Could be, I could be getting my ass wool. If I knock you out. Let, let, let's be let's be clear. Let's I be won. Clear. I, let's be clear. I don't know. Nah, hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no, killer. Hell no. <laughs> maybe maybe in a fight in high school, but not, not no. Them them boys did not win that fight. Who the fuck did Usman fight his last fight? Um, Leon Edwards. Yeah, mm-hmm. Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards is not the champion. Like he has the belt, he has the title champion, but Leon He's the Edwards. Miz. Leon Edwards is not. Is, <laughs> Leon, Leon Edwards oh, is not the champion. Leon Edwards is. Uh, Le- Leon Edwards is the equivalent to the uh, Miz. No, not the Miz. Um, this is Le- terrible. Leon Edwards is the equivalent. Leon Edwards having a championship reign is the equivalent of Christian being a champion. Like, get the fuck out of here. Don't nobody believe that shit. Like, Leon Edwards got his ass whooped the whole fight until that until that kick. It was it like hmm. like it was it wasn't a sucker punch, but I, I wouldn't even say that it was luck because he baited Usman into the kick. Um. It, but yeah, he just he just he just hit it, had a kick to hit him right on the button. Same thing yeah. with this dude per, uh, Pereira or whatever. This yeah. dude ain't the damn champion. Like he like he won via knockout. Technically, <laughs> he he didn't win the fight. Like he didn't win the fight. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I understand getting dominated. Um, we'll have to see in the second uh, in the second matchup because we know it's coming. Both, we'll both, how that goes. Both, and now, and Corey, I don't know how you feel, but both Leon Edwards and Pereira got shit to prove to me. Um, like, like honestly, Al Jermaine Sterling had something to prove to me after he uh, won the belt uh, because of DQ. Yeah. But the second fight against Peter Yan, when he beat Peter Yan ass, yeah, I was like, yo, okay, now he's the champion. Yeah. Now he now he's a ch- so so Pereira and uh, Leon Edwards they got to do the same exact thing that Al Jermaine Sterling did for me. I agree with that. Yeah, and yeah, but like no, that's that's the fight. You no, know, anything that's the, can happen. That's the fight, fight game. Yeah, yeah. But, it's uh, like any any given round, any given round, any given punch, any given kick. For sure. And uh, real quick, I want to say congrats to Zhang Whaley for winning the women's strawweight belt back. For the second time, with that being said, I need to see Rose Namajunas get the next shot. 
That's I need I need Rose Namajunas versus Zayn Whaley. That should be the next women's strawweight no, fight. No, 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 it should not. I'm gonna tell you why it shouldn't be. I'm gonna tell you why why Thug Rose should not get the get the title fight next. Thug Rose has already beat Zayn twice. She's already beat her twice. Mm-hmm. Zayn is, is a champion now. Carla Esper, now she beat Carla Esperanza. Thug Rose's fight against Carla Esperanza was the fuck terrible. It was terrible, yeah. I, I need to see Thug Rose and Carla Esperanza too. And I need to see <coughs> Thug Rose. I need to see I need to see Thug Rose have a better and cleaner fight to where she's not looking like she's scared to throw a punch. And I need to I need to see Thug Rose beat Carla Esperanza and then she can go and fight Zang a third time. Because because for me, I have no doubt in my mind that Thug Rose is gonna show out for a fight against Zang. I have no doubt in my mind about that. I have I I, I do not know why she did not show up in the fight against Esperanza. I do not know that. That's so, a weird that's the, that's one of the weirdest fights I've ever seen. It's yeah. like it, I don't it, even it, know. Here's the thing. Thug <laughs> Rose thought she won. Yeah. She thought she won that fight. She didn't do nothing. She thought she won. That's fucking ridiculous. Also, it's another reason why we need open scoring in MMA. Like you need fighters need to know how the way the fight because because let me because and and Rose is not the only one. She's just an example we're using. But I can't tell you how many cornermen suck at their job. How many cornermen tell their fighters to just coast the fights in the bag? And we watch it on TV like, no, no, they are losing bad. What like open scoring needs to be a thing in MMA? It's ridiculous, bro. And I think we'd see better fights happen if we had open scoring. Yeah, but. like if the like if the fighters knew what the scorecard says. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Because that Thug Rose fight, her trainer the whole fight was saying. Just, just keep going. We're doing exactly what what the game plan said. And me, I'm watching this fight. Like, what the fuck did y'all train for? Like, I could have did this shit. Yeah. Like, and Thug Rose is probably my favorite like female fighter. Like, Thug Thug. Well, nah, I take that back. Thug Rose is my second. Nunez is my number. Nunez, outside of Bones Jones, Nunez is my favorite all time fighter. Um, but Thug Rose is like so. Thug Rose is like my second favorite like women's fighter, and like the way she came out against Esperanza was extremely disappointing. <clears throat> as far as far as I'm concerned, where the rankings sit right now, Whaley Zhang is the champion, and because she beat the shit out of Esperanza, Zhang yeah, Zhang is the champion, and she deserves to be champion. Esperanza deserves to fight Zhang again. Unless Thug Rose fights Esperanza next, if Thug Rose fights Esperanza next and wins, then I would give Thug Rose a title fight. But I can't. But I can't give Thug Rose a title fight immediately, knowing how she came out in her last fight. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. And killer to kind of circle back to what you said about using the Miz analogy. If there's anybody you can call the Miz in combat sports, unfortunately, it's Carla Esparza because yeah, yeah, Carla she Esparza, is the yeah. one champion that. Everybody knew. Oh, she not that I don't want to. I don't want to say doesn't deserve that. That would that wouldn't be fair. But like she's the she was the champion that she would say. Okay, she's she's losing this title on her next fight. Like it, we know it's a formality. That's yeah. you know that's 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 who that is. Yeah. You show her Chris Jericho shit. Yeah. Good enough to win it. Not good enough to keep it. Yep. 
That's terrible. But just to kind of wrap things up the way we typically do, um, to those three um, football players um, for the Virginia Cavaliers, um, may you brothers rest in peace. Um, Absolutely, that's scary, bro. Yeah. I, I just want to, I, 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 I just want to touch on this real quick. <clears throat> this is where emotional um, maturity comes into play. I don't know what happened, but it happened in that locker room. A former teammate came back and got three guys that don't all play the same side of the ball. It was something going on in that locker room. I believe when this investigation is done into everything that happened, these coaches lose their jobs and Virginia basically has to wait for all of these guys to wash out of the program. Because unless they can find a way to make this totally random, which there's no way it is. Just given the events that took place. This is going to be a serious, serious black eye on the Virginia football program. Not like it was really all that great a program to begin with. Because when your best players of your team's history happen to be Heath Miller and the and the Barber brothers, what are we really missing? But really looking at just that entire situation, I'm not I'm not sold that this was random. I think there was something going on in that locker room. Something that went on with that team between these four individuals, and then a fifth person just got caught in a damn crossfire. That's the saddest part of this entire thing. Yeah, it was five people that was killed, not four. Yeah, it was five people. That were, yeah, five people that were killed, and it, yeah, it was two of them that got caught caught up in and just being around that that moment. That uh, is what made this story extremely sad for me because something tells me that. Something happened in that locker room between these four individuals, and I know the guy who did it is no longer with the team. He was gone after last season. <clears throat> but the fact that something like that was happening on the team and there's no one who could have picked up on this, so I came you're, by. You're make, you know, you're making the assumption. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it is it, to me. It's a, it's a safer assumption than what most may actually want to um want to want to give me on that. I believe it's a way safer assumption because uh, because it's given how many coaches there are in college. We had eight at Winston. You know how many you got? You know how many you got at UVA? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm let Corey speak on it first before I say anything about it. So there, someone had to know what was going on, and it it was a serious. Serious issue going on inside that coaching staff and inside that locker room. What you got, Core? Man, this is um, just a sad. Ah, man, this is just. I can't even fathom. Um, I mean, dang, like this is tough, man. Because mm-hmm. it's 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 like I don't even know if I even still even still even have the words but it's just like 
I I I can't. Um, damn man, this is this is this is just like when you, at least for me, you know, um, when you talk about team team sports, I know I know not every locker room is the same, not every program is the same. I I I get it, but like you know, for me. I've been where I've been like team sports like you there's a there's a camaraderie and there's like a there's a, a brotherhood and a bond that's formed in those locker rooms and um I'm not saying you know everybody's best friends and, and and you you get along all the time but there's something I don't know there's just there's just certain things you don't think about there's certain things you don't think about doing you know and um i don't i don't know the frame of mind and everything and you know what happened what you know i i don't i don't want to speculate cuz i don't know but it's for me it, it's almost like we're getting to a point now not just in this incident but look at a lot of incidents that's happening in this country of like these things happening in in schools and like you you, you know Think about it. school is supposed to be like one of the safest places a person can go. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's just a sobering, it's very sobering. And um, I still can't wrap my head around it. Um, I I just, I don't even, like I said, I don't even really fully have the words to just, you know, express this, this whole tragic thing, man. I don't, it's tough, man. That's all I can say right now. This is this is tough, man. Prayers, prayers to the families and everybody that's going through this, man. I can't even, I can't even fathom something like this, man. This is just tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am. Uh... So first of all, I, I got, a, I got a lot of shit. I got a lot of shit to say about about this, or well, not a lot, um, but about three to five minutes worth of shit to say about this. Um, so. First of all, rest in peace to all five people that, that you know were shot and killed, not just the football players. Rest in peace to all five of them. You know, uh, praying for their families, all of that shit. Like whether a person was getting bullied or not, your family uh, does not deserve to go through going through. So that's that's number one. Let me get that up out the way. Um, the second thing is if bullying did happen and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because the father of the shooter said that uh, he the father of the shooter said that a shooter was being bullied by some of the football players if that is the case if that is true if if they were in fact bullying him um this is why uh this is why your, this is why your parents always raised you to treat people the way that you wanted to be treated because shit like this can happen and so and so if if there are current players that play for the University of Virginia that participated in bullying that young man and they are still alive right now shame on you shame on you really need to do some like soul searching or whatever because three of your teammates will be alive right now if y'all never if y'all never um participated in that type of activity again i'm not accusing i'm saying if that is the case 
Um, that's number two. Number three, uh, I I have to hold the the young man who did the shooting accountable. Like, yo, you are a college student, you are a grown man. You should you should have the ability to know right from wrong. You should have the ability uh, to to know how to express what the hell you are feeling to all to all of the resources that you have available to what you had available to you while you was in school. Uh, with all of this mental health awareness that we have had in the last 10 years, you should you should have known what resources were available to you. Whether you were getting bullied or not, that does not that does not that is not an, an, an uh, it is not an excuse that I will uh, allow you to use for taking life that you did not give. Um, so, for the record, I hope that man get I hope that man get life in prison. That's number three. Number four, and I want to be very clear about my position. This is a little political, but I don't give up. Very clear about my position. I understand Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, all of them. I understand all of them on the Bible Belt. And they're going to have a problem with what the fuck I got to say. I don't give a fuck. Something has to be done about the fucking ability to buy guns. Something has to be done about it. It should, I do not, I, let me be very clear. I don't give a fuck about any American's right to the Second Amendment. Fuck your Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is why the shit is the wild, wild west right now. Motherfuckers can't take jokes, so they shoot. Motherfuckers aren't aware of the mental health resources that they have available to them, so they shoot. Motherfuckers just buy guns and shoot for fun. I don't care about your Second Amendment. If you people want to accuse me of taking uh, the ability to, for, for them to have guns in the house, you're fucking right. That's exactly what I want to do. Because if you ain't got no guns, Ain't nobody get killed. You have a responsibility, the same responsibility that we got with with alcohol consumption when you are supposed to be drinking responsibly and all this other shit. You have the same responsibility for firearms. And this is coming from a person who currently has a firearm. I am actively looking at my firearm right now, sitting on the table. So I have a gun just like y'all. I'm willing to give my shit up, though. I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm willing to give my shit up. The reason why I got it is because of crazy motherfuckers like y'all. I do not care about this, about the Second Amendment right that American citizens have. I don't give a fuck about it. There is nothing "quote unquote" American uh, about uh, about public being able to commercially buy firearms. There's nothing American about that. 
Um, there is a reason that there are other nations don't have uh, this problem at the rate that we do because they have stricter fucking gun laws. This gun shit need to be figured the fuck out. And all of the, all of the, of the, the racist white people and the Republicans and the black people down south who can't seem to understand that the Second Amendment is what is causing the fucking problem, all of those people need to really do some soul searching and need to really look at the reality of the situation. And the reason why I'm calling out the Bible Belt is because it is the it is the South, it is the Bible Belt motherfuckers for this right to bear arms shit, and they are adamant and stubborn about it. The shit that the shit that they are stubborn about. If you are from the South, I'm talking to you. The shit that you are stubborn about, as far as firearms, is literally the shit that is killing motherfucking families. If you don't, if you don't know anybody that's been shot and killed, I bet you know somebody who has somebody in their family that's been shot and killed. That's how common the shit is now, and there's no excuse for it. And so, my challenge to everybody. Be accountable. Look at your look. Look at the things that you believe in in the mirror, and understand the root cause of the issue. The root cause of the issue is that motherfuckers can buy guns, and they can buy guns pretty fucking easily. And the reason why they can buy guns pretty fucking easily is because you got all of these Bible Belt states, and you got all of these bumfuck states like like Oklahoma and Nebraska and all of these the all of these 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 uh, middle of nowhere states along with the Bible Belt voting to protect their ability to buy guns after the Uvalde uh, after the Uvalde shooting after the Sandy Hook shooting elementary school shooting some years ago after all of these school shootings after after uh, takeoff getting shot that just happened last week. This shit just happened a couple of days ago, three days ago. Um, after all of this shit, y'all motherfuckers are still to vote for the ability of citizens to buy firearms because y'all motherfuckers like to do shit like hunt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to repeat what I said. I want everybody to know where I stand. If you got a problem with it, you can say it to my face and, t- and, and, and you are at risk at getting slapped. I'm telling you right now, fuck your Second Amendment. Fuck it. Fuck your Second Amendment. And I want everybody to be clear. I want everybody to understand the reason why I say that, and it's going to sound rude and non-American. The Second Amendment was created in the was put in the Constitution at a time when this shit was not going on. Amendments can be modified. That shit needs to be modified in the in. The 1700s, so whenever the fuck the Constitution was written, we did not have this issue going on in the country. We did not have this issue. So there was no problem with the Second Amendment. Now that there is a problem, look at the shit that you believe in. Look at that shit in the mirror. Reflect on it. And get your shit fucking together. This shit is fucking ridiculous, dog. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Killer, I know you are one of the people that I am speaking about. You can respond if you would like. I'm not stressing you to. I'm not coming at you sideways. But th- I, but th- this shit this shit is getting out of hand. So that that's that's all I got to say about it.
Whoever killer is that? Um, I would say that's well said, Mike. That's why I say it's well said. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we killer. Killer, are you there? Uh, okay. Technical malfunctions. He having a he ha- he having a technical difficulty. He ain't talking at all, killer. We can't hear you. You got you got to check your audio settings or something, my brother. Don't worry, Corey. I'm gonna edit this part out. Yeah, you good. I'm at least trying to give killer. I'm at least trying to give killer opportunity to say something. Mm-hmm. Killer, you still not talking? Bro, I'm trying to fix this shit. Yeah, we can hear you. Y'all can hear me now. Yeah. Bro, I promise you, I didn't hit a damn thing. Maybe your cord got a short in it. It's no cord, bro. It's Bluetooth. It's no cord. Maybe, maybe you need a cord. Nah, <laughs> that shit don't work well at all. But yeah, I do want to touch back. Like what I was saying earlier is that I do agree with a lot of what you were saying. You do have to revisit, you know, certain aspects, certain laws do have to be revisited. My main thing, because I'm not as comfortable giving mine up. Why not? And in the boat. That that's that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the yeah. Because like, I was making I was making my oh, wait, point that I dealt wait, with all this computer shit. Wait wait hold, wait wait real real quick. People, if y'all don't want to listen to this, feel free to turn it off. Um, but we about to have this conversation right now. Um, Killer, go ahead. Why why, why don't you want to give it up? What is it doing? I've you? always been apprehensive about um about giving up a right that was given to me because if you in in a sense like if you're willing to take something away from me it's speaking like to the government if you're willing to take something away from me but first question i'm asking is why because a lot of it like taking the right for me to be able to own it doesn't take the ability for someone who wants to get their hands on one to still be able to get one because i'm be honest with you it's easier for me to get a gun from the streets 
than it is for me to go in and get one at the that, store. That's not the point. So that means if I if I want to get my hands on a gun, I can still get my hands on a gun. So taking so making it harder for me to be able to do it the right way doesn't change much of anything. Killer, you, you, you're mis you're misinterpreting you're misinterpreting the roots. You're talking you're talking about you're talking about being apprehensive about it because you get it off the street. You're you're, you're missing the of the issue of the issue as far as all of these people being killed. People people are killing people with firearms. Y'all both agree, right? Yeah. So y'all can agree that the people are the problem, correct? Yeah. Killer, if the people own the guns are the problem and they're not willing to give up the guns on their own, you have to force them to give up their guns. Now that doesn't mean I'm not comfortable with that. Why not? You're not you're still not explaining why. You're not explaining why. If there are no if there if there are no guns, if there are no guns on the street in a in a perfect world, if there are no guns on the street, why do you have a problem giving up yours? Because it doesn't make it just for like to come in and take mine doesn't mean that someone who still wants to do something to me can have this. I just chose to do mine the right way. Why take away that ability for me to do so? Or even anybody else who may not know an ability or a way to get an illegal firearm. Why why take the ability away? Yeah, from somebody to protect themselves. That I I just don't I can't I can't rock with that. Take the ability away. Take the take the ability away because people are not using the Second Amendment to protect themselves. The Second Amendment is not about protection. Do you do you understand that, right? The Second Amendment does not state anything about protection. It you it has the word protect in it, but it is to protect the right to own firearms. It is not. It is not say. It does not say you have the right to own a firearm under the guise of self-defense. It does not say that. It says you have the right to have a firearm. Period. It says nothing about self-defense. So why would you take the ability away? You take the. You take the ability away. You erase the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Because nobody is using the con- nobody is using the Second Amendment as it was intended. That, yeah, that, is, exactly. that is the reason. Yeah, like I said this is this is going to be one of those things where we are probably it's, not going to be seeing two eye to eye on no, it. No, it's not. It's not. We're not going to see eye to eye on it, and, and it's and it's not your fault. It's because of it's because of where you're from, and I'm telling you, it's because of where you're from. If you was not from, if you was not from the Bible Belt, if you was not born and raised on the Bible Belt, and you lived up north where it was just as much crime and shit, I promise you, you would feel differently. It is. It is the fact. It is the fact of where you are from and the culture that you grew up in. 
that culture was set by racist white people. That is who set the culture. Why? The reason why they call it the Bible Belt. Not cause it ain't because of nothing black. It's because the people are so gung-ho about gun laws it's other white people. That That is why the South be voting to, to protect my right to own a gun. But if you take away, if you take away the guns, nobody can get killed. And again, that's I'm not saying literally, I'm saying in theory. Nobody can get killed if you take away the guns. Yeah, you'll have you'll have people getting guns from the street, you know, or whatever, but I promise you the shootings not be what they are right now. Yeah, so I'm so I'm not 100% sold on it because even the states that do have, make it damn near impossible to be able to get a gun like where still have the worst gun crime levels in the country. Like where? Chicago for one, Baltimore is almost impossible to get it, New Jersey, New York, it's damn near impossible to be able to get legal firearms in those states. No, it is not impossible to get a, to get a gun in New York. New York got strict gun laws. That obtaining a gun is not is not hard at all. It's not hard in any state. You take a class. You you take a class. You apply. You apply to uh. You apply to have uh. You like in in Maryland for example, which Maryland has been identified as a state where it's hard to get to get uh to own a firearm. Take a HQL class. You get an HQL certificate after you take that class, which the class the class is typically a weekend. Get a certificate after you have finished the class that says you have completed the qualifications and and you now have a handgun qualification license, which is what it was what an HQL stands for. Once you have an HQL, you literally can go to the can, can go to the gun shop and purchase a firearm they'll run a background check on you just to make sure you're not a nutcase and then after they figure out after they figure out you're not a nutcase you purchase the gun you come back in seven days you pick up the gun ironically you don't have to wait seven days to buy semi-automatic machine guns or sniper rifles or anything big if it's a handgun you gotta wait seven days if it's a big gun you can go pick it up right out the store on the same day let me ask you a question. Have you ever known anybody who needs an AK-74 or 47 on the street? I'm not talking about in the military. On the street. Have you ever seen anybody who needs a chopper on the street? Not no major cities, nothing like that, no. So, so, um, so, so, some some rifles are actually good for um for hunting when you're talking bigger game. Those are more country states. Why the fuck do you need a gun for hunting? Why the fuck do you need to go hunt? It's grocery stores in this bitch. The fuck is you hunting for? See what I mean? People, people that down south, people be buying their 12 year old son shotguns just so they can go hunting with their daddy. What the fuck? What? Why? So that's just what people do. 
I said it's different yeah, lifestyles. Every, it's, di- no, it's different life. It's different lifestyles everywhere across the country, Mike. And those lifestyles is getting motherfuckers fucked up. I don't hear about these joints happening out in Omaha, Nebraska. These shits gonna be happening out way out there. They typically happen in more concentrated areas, uh, or at least concentrated zones of even rural areas. The more concentrated zones is when you get shootings like that. Uh, Texas. Oklahoma, Alabama. I mean, come on, yo. When's the last school shooting from Alabama? The last school shooting? Shit, I don't fucking know. I'm not an expert on school shooting, but I do know there was a school shooting in, in Texas a couple months ago. Like, like Yeah, Uvalde. Yeah, yeah, I know about Uvalde. And, and the person who got these big-ass guns got them for their 18th birthday. Bought the gun. Walked out the store with the gun. It's something that it, 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 I acknowledge that it's something that not going to, but it is something. It's something that yeah. Look at in the mirror. How can you make society better? up your fucking gun. If you take away your ability to kill somebody else, that means somebody else's life just got saved. If you want to go hunting, you want to go hunting and you want to kill something, use metal BBs. Same effect. Might have to shoot a couple more times. Might have to shoot a couple more rounds. Same effect though. Go use BBs. Go use rubber bullets. Rubber bullets be will fuck some shit up. Go use rubber bullets. But there is no reason why anybody who is not in law enforcement, the military, shit like that, there's no reason why motherfuckers need life enders just stored in their motherfucking house. Yeah, like I said, bro, that's on that topic, it is what it is. Um, listen, you can feel comfortable giving yours up. I'm just not gonna feel comfortable giving mine up. No, that just is what it is on that one. But you still my boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm still your boy, yeah. and I can shoot, and I can shoot better than you too. That, oh, point, let's not do that. Let's not do that. The point is, motherfuckers just got to be responsible. I have no mm-hmm. doubt that you are responsible with your firearms, at least now. Damn skippy. You damn skippy. I have no doubt. I have no doubt, Corey, that if you got firearms, you are responsible with yours. I am also responsible with mine. The problem is we can't count on other motherfuckers to be responsible with theirs. You feel me? Yeah. And so, and so shit. That's and so why shit. I have to be responsible with mine in case someone thinks they can be irresponsible around me. I, I understand. I understand that. And what I was saying is Theoretically, if you take away the guns of everybody, there are no irresponsible people with firearms. Theoretically, I understand that people are going to find other ways to get them illegally. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I'm saying theoretically, theoretically. Yeah, like I said, in theory, that's awesome. Yeah. In practice, we all in, know it'll never in, work. In theory, it is awesome. In, in practice is the reason why it, it will never happen. Um, so we're mm-hmm. kind of stuck in this cycle. Uh, hopefully, motherfuck- motherfuckers become less crazy. That's all I got to say. 
Yeah, I mean, I think now with the more directed approach to um, mental health and mental stability of people, I think that will, I think we'll see a decrease in it. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to ever hit zero percent. I mean, murder will, with this dense of a population, it'll never not be on the higher scale of total numbers when you really look at things. Because unlike other big countries, we're not homogenous. You, it's a you got a little bit of everything. We are a petri dish of a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, hey, Corey Killer, before we end this show, I just want y'all to know I was going to edit this whole gun part out, but I'm not going to edit it out. Motherfuckers need to hear it. So I'm not going to edit it out. So, Corey, I know you be saying sponsors and sponsors and sponsors, and yeah, that's cool. But, like, yo, this, that, that what we just did was unfiltered truth. So, I just need you to give me the okay so I ain't got to cut it out. No, it's good with me. I mean, you know, I mean, things like this, like, you know, need to be talked about. And I know we all try to kind of, like, um, find the fine line of where we can cross and what not to cross and what not. But, like, a healthy conversation of anything is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, I, I feel like having a responsible conversation you know, especially when when you're having it with people that you that you love and respect. You know, I think that's always good, even if there's a difference of opinion. You know, mm-hmm. it's always always good to to have that to to have that you know comfortability to to know that I can say this while also knowing I'm not trying to offend or I'm not trying to disrespect. You know, so I think it's a I I, I think you know conversations like like these are always tough, but like shoot. You know what the way the world is, man. I mean, I think a lot of people need to be having more conversations like this. Again, whether you agree or disagree, you know, conversations like these need to be had. So, you know. Yo, real quick, this is off topic, but Corey, you said mm-hmm. something. You said one word in what you was just saying. Did you know? Did you know that com- comfortability is not a word? I did not know that. Seriously. I'm dead ass. It's not a word. What made you look that up? Okay. Okay. And and I know we got to end the show. Okay. But all right. What made me look up comfortability is because one day I was typing it via text message. And the red line showed up under the word. So I thought I typed the word wrong. I'm, but I'm like, no, comfortability. Like, I know I'm not tripping. And so when Corey said the word comfortability just now, I remembered that it had a red line under it, like it needed to be spell checked. So I, I typed it in, I typed it in Google and like, yo, comfortability now, comfortability has a meaning. Like there are people who are putting like what the meaning of comfortability is, but like mm-hmm. it's not like in the dictionary. Hmm. That's why people always use level of comfort. Yeah, like it's not. It, it's not. I, I like. I don't want to say it's not a word, but I have. I've never seen it. Like. Yeah, that's crazy. Like comfortable, hmm. comfortable isn't is is a word, obviously, but comfortability. Is not in the dictionary. Like that shit's fucking crazy. <laughs> the ability to be yeah. comfort. That is crazy. I never knew that. Yeah. So like, if you type in 
the if you type in comfortability definition, it says the condition the the condition of being comfortable. But that's coming from a website called dailyjustnow.com. That's not coming from Webster. That's not dictionary.com. Yeah, that's not mm. dictionary.com. Yo, New Jersey Devils are playing some hockey this year, bro. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, Killer, we got a difference of we got a difference of opinion on the gun yeah. thing, but but I love you regardless. It's important that we had these conversations with the people it that is. we love, even if it's even if we got a difference of opinion, like Corey said. So I love both of y'all. Like even if y'all even if y'all view on that specific thing don't match, don't match mine. At the end of the day, motherfuckers is trying to find out how to make the fucking world better. That's all that's all mm-hmm. all three of us are trying to do. We just got different methods of doing it. Yeah, I figure, I figure, I am who I am. All I can do is make my son one of the best options for anybody to date in this next generation. That's the only way I can see us making this world better. We got to make sure our kids take take way better care of themselves than we did. It starts there. Okay, so mm-hmm. I went, so I went to dictionary.com. I typed in comfortability, and it redirected me to comfortableness. 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 Hmm. Like I'm t- like the word comfortability is not a fucking word. Like that's I was today years old when I found out that comfortability is not a word. Oh damn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I've never used that on like a on like a show or anything. And now people, y'all understand why Mike majored in logical logical language. Was a minor in mathematics. Mike can't do this English shit. Who the fuck knew that comfortability <laughs> was not a word? <laughs> you like think the I, journalism major would have known that, right? Like, if I would have put comfortability in an English paper, they would have like that gave me negative two points for that. <laughs> you know what yeah, saying? I do remember <laughs> getting negative points for misspelling a word and putting a word that won a word. Like, if I, I want to see them do that with one of Biden's speeches, that should like, be hilarious. I would have, I would have turned his I'm, speech into a, 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 a um, a English paper. Should be hilarious. I would have said comfortability, and my teacher would have been like, "You mean level of comfort? No, I mean comfortability, motherfucker. I meant what I said. <laughs> <laughs> like, I meant what I said. The fuck? Oh, oh shit, God. yo, I don't have four out of breath laughs in this show. This shit has been hilarious. All right, man, yeah. take us home. Get us out of here, man. All right, y'all. F- final words. Corey, you're first. Uh, I'll make this quick. I'll just say, as you all have listened to the past shows, y'all know that Mike and Killer have been on me about not knowing about Harry Potter, watching Harry Potter, and all of that stuff. So I will say that so far I have watched the first three Harry Potter movies. I will... Definitely have would have watched the fourth by the time we get to the game show. So when we get to the gaming show, I'll talk more in depth about it. But I'll say, you know, I I'm I'm not going to say yay or nay yet. I'll save that. I'll give leave that for the Friday show. But I've seen the first three. I would have seen four by Friday. So there you go. All right. Uh, I will say that as far as Harry Potter is concerned, number four. The Goblet of Fire is my favorite movie. Number four is the best movie in the whole series, if you ask me. I don't know what Killer thinks. Um, Corey, you are going to enjoy number 
Number number three, you saw you saw three, which was prisoner Azkaban, serious serious black was locked in the was locked in the jail cell and escaped. Yep. Harry Potter's best friend, he could transform into a dog, all of that stuff. Right? Also, three was significantly darker than the first two. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The first two, the first two was all magical and for kids. Three turns it up. Yeah. Four, four takes it takes the darkness to a whole nother level. Um. So, like. Four is my personal favorite. Um, as a person who who really enjoys super villain, C four going to be like I understand why it's his favorite. So yeah, um, I can't wait to to hear what you gotta say about four. Um, yeah, I, I can't I can't wait. So. Yeah, good deal, good deal. Are you at least excited about the game coming out now that you've watched, like started watching the movie? I am more excited about the game than before I started. I uh, before I started watching, I, I, I will say I can understand why people love the Harry Potter movies. Um, I get it. And what's funny, just a little odd, little tidbit. I was watching the first one and I thought. For some reason, this gives off Home Alone vibes. I don't know why, but it does. <laughs> and sure enough, I look up, and the same guy who directed Home Alone directed the first Harry Potter. He actually directed the first two Harry Potter movies. Yep. So I said, "Oh, I'm not that crazy." So, uh, yeah. So uh, I and like I know, Mike, you told me that four is your favorite. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Goblet of Fire has to offer. I'm and I will give. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you what's in the Goblet of Fire, but I will tell you. You will. After you watch four, you will officially understand what Avada Kedavra means. Oh, so so I was so that's one I've been looking for, like Avada Kedavra and all that oh stuff. Like, oh my gosh! Man. Oh boy, is it, it? I think it's used in that movie more than it's used in Deathly Hollows parts one and two. No, no, I no, think that spell is no, used no, no, more. No, 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 it's it's used in Deathly Hollows part two way more. Than, see number number four. See four. God of the Fire. It gives you an introductory because Avada Kedavra is one of the. Four, of the forbidden curses, so it ain't mm-hmm. used a whole lot while they in school. But it, Killer, you've seen all the movies. It's, mm-hmm. toward, it's towards the end. They're not necessarily at school. They're like, yeah. First exposure to it. And it's like, oh shit, this is what it does? And in and, and course, so when you see it, Corey, you'll understand why I said when the game came out, I'm Avada Kedavering everybody. Everybody, yo, you, you, you'll, you'll see, you'll see. Um, but yeah, no, my, my last words are. Uh, I killed serious black. <laughs> my last, my that's five. Um, mm-hmm, that was my favorite. Uh, five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five was straight. Was it Order of the Phoenix? Yeah. Order of Phoenix. Um, but my last words are just with all the shit that's going on in the world. Uh, make sure y'all take the time out to just love people. Just love people. Period. Yeah. So your people have love for other people's people. Just love people. Those are my last words. Alright. And you already know what my last words typically are. Adre Green is a Hall of Famer. And so are you. We have done quite another three hour show. We didn't think it would go that long, but it is what it is. We out here, y'all. I promise we're going to get shorter. We're going to try.
<laughs> right, we out. See you. Thank you.